Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Mirror this morning is saying winter is biting back after the blast of spring sunshine and they love to tell us of the temperatures. They talk about minus three. I looked at it. Hey, you see, you're losing your mind. Then you look at it close and you see it's minus three overnight. <laughs> oh, fairness. Give us the daytime temperatures, will you? Um, very seriously, though, the front of this morning's echo and many of the red tops today um, have named the man charged with the murder of his brother. A Cargline man was yesterday charged with murdering his brother and trying to murder his father at a family home at the weekend. Now, clearly, that news cannot be brought yesterday morning when I was chatting to Barry Roach about it on air from the Irish Times because there hadn't been a court appearance. But John Murphy Jr., 42-year-old, uh, from Carrigaline, arrested and charged with the murder of his 27-year-old brother Shane. He was also charged with the attempted murder of his father, Weeshi Murphy Sr., uh, at CV Avenue on Saturday as well. And the Mirror pick up on the story today. They say the defendant faces two further charges of producing a knife in order to intimidate a person, namely uh, Weeshi Murphy Sr. and Tragically, uh, his Weishi Murphy's son now, Olin Keller, is the judge, and he granted that uh, Murphy be granted the necessary medical attention whilst in prison. He got free legal aid, and Frank Buttermer is defending him. Uh, the papers talk of it in quite some detail. Um, there also have been there's also been a post mortem of the deceased, but those results have not been. Uh, released as of yet. You heard in the news there with regards to Cork pulling out of the bidding process for the America's, America's Cup. Um, everybody admits that Cork Harbour would be perfect for it, but apparently the problems are getting the infrastructure in place fast enough. So that's unfortunate, isn't it? Um, another unfortunate uh, twist in the road of COVID is the increasing number of cases. In fact, the boss of the HSE, Paul Ray Reed, and while everybody wouldn't be a fan of those in uh, authority upper the upper higher upper echelons of the HSE. He is asking people to get back to wearing your masks again. And there's a spread alert apparently now. It, uh, Stephen Donnelly continues to confuse me. To be honest with you, he says restrictions to control the current COVID nineteen surge would have to be serious. Um, restrictions, serious measures. But at the same time, he goes on then to say that there's currently no need for new restrictions. So which is it? You know, get rid of this confusion. Uh, either it's serious now and we need to do something to stem the surge or we don't. They'd say that, uh, and I'm reading from the Star this morning, that it's a very, very, very contagious sub-variant of COVID we're dealing with. But at the same time, while hundreds of thousands of COVID cases are being reported a week, they're saying the numbers in hospital are low and the numbers in ICU are low. So we just kind of, I suppose, just continue to plough through it. But I've asked the question before, would it be any harm? to have the old mask on and to be using the sanitizers uh, for the moment. Uh, Papers also this morning talk in quite some detail with regards to the amount of money that the HSC makes in car parks. And you might come as a surprise to you to know that by far the highest rake-in of DOSH in car parks in Ireland is in the CUH. By far the highest, according to the examiner this morning, one and a quarter million euro. Now, there are those that feel that you can't actually abolish car parking charges in hospitals because it would lead to an absolute free-for-all where people would freeload in the car parks and just use them and, you know, head off into the city. But that it should be a much more nominal charge in some way, shape or form because it's just completely OTT at the moment. This chemical attack on 
Uh, Roman Abramovich is interesting. It makes the front of the sun and indeed the mail. Uh, they're saying that it could have been something to do with chocolates that he ate at some kind of uh, peace talks and that he's blinded by it, a chemical attack on him. That's making the front page of many of the papers. And another kind of attack, not on the person, but on the property of a person. This is a court report in The Independent from up west, where a 62-year-old mother of six broke the windows of her estranged husband's tractor with a golf club. It was a row in an unpaid €200,000 marital debt, apparently. The man hadn't paid the 200000 arising from a separation agreement in 2000. And 19, so she smashed the windows of his tractor. She ended up in court, actually, and the judge now has adjourned the case until June for a probation report on the woman and also to give them some kind of time to enter mediation to try and work it out. But she said in the court, the judge said, uh, you took the law into your own hands wielding the golf club. You can't go around wielding a golf club at anyone. And it, it leads and segues nicely onto whether or not anybody's entitled to walk up onto a stage at a function and slap somebody in the face. Of course, I am talking about the Oscars. Now, yesterday there was a bit of a story doing the rounds, certainly in our house, that it was all set up because the Oscars for years have been so bloody boring and their speeches are so numbingly dull uh, that they may have just said, OK, how can we... I mean, it's a, it's a far stretch of the imagination, but how can we put a bit of pep back into the Oscars? Well, I'm not suggesting that it was intentional, uh, but certainly it got everybody talking about the Oscars and not so much about the dopey speeches that the directors and the actors themselves come up come up with. But the question I'm being asked is, as to whether Will Smith should be stripped of his Oscar, because he... Um, that That's assault. Do you know what I mean? You got it. You got to wonder as to whether or not he should be. I mean, there's a lot of talk at the moment in tennis circles with regards to the anger of some tennis players who are, you know, firing their rackets, smashing their rackets, hitting the ball off things, you know, hitting uh, line judges, hitting ball boys and stuff like that. And and in the past number of months, uh, a few, and some of them quite prominent players, you look at Djokovic, and you look at Serena Williams some year, years back, just literally kicked out of the tournament. So I don't know whether an equation can be made similar to that as to... Anyway, your thoughts are welcome. Do you think, with regards to what Will Smith did to Chris Rock, that he should have his Oscar taken away from him? All of the tabloids are discussing it this morning. And there's one, if you remember The Full Monty, I loved it. It was just one of the greatest films ever. By all accounts, they've got the vast majority of the cast back, all those that are still alive anyway, 25 years after the show itself. And now they're making an eight-part TV series. And Robbie Carlard's back in it as well as Gaz. I think that'll be brilliant because that's a film you could watch over and over again. And I'd say the full Monty eight-part on television will be an absolute wow. The Neil Prenderville Show. And you can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on uh, 0818104106. This is just coming into me as I speak. Incidentally, Mary, good morning. Good morning, Neil. You're very upset this morning, I believe. Isn't that the case? I'm very upset. Okay. Um, just want to highlight a situation, Neil, that happened Sunday evening between the, about seven and half seven in Douglas. Between seven and half seven in Douglas, Sunday evening, your daughter yep. and a friend were, were they out and about, is it? They were out and about going for food, Neil. Right. Into the village? Uh, into the village, yeah. Okay. And they were approached, they were just going on walking and they, they didn't take any notice, Neil. They just seen two boys getting out of um, a black car. And do you mind me asking out to say how old your daughter is and her friend? Um, 
my daughter's 14 and her friend will be 15. All right. Were they heading into ramen or McDonald's or KC? They were, go- um, they were kind of going into like a Chinese. They were All right. like a spice bag. There's, there's yeah. a Chinese down there. They do lovely spice bags. Yeah. I listen. I know all of the restaurants in the village and it's a great place for people to have a little ramble around on a summer's evening. So they're walking along in the village and a black car stops. A black car um, pulled up. Now, they didn't take any notice because they just thought it was two people, two boys getting out of a car. Need. So they just kept carrying on walking. And before they knew it, the two lads started coming up to them, trying to talk to them. And they didn't take any notice. They were just, you know, ignoring them. And the next minute, they started touching them and touching their bums. Um touching their stomachs touching my daughter's upper part of her body um, my daughter kept slapping one of the young lads hand away from her she was like Do you know, get away from me mm. Mm. Um, she got very upset so they kind of walked around Douglas hoping that they'd get, lose the boys so they went into Douglas shopping centre Um and it still carried on like these two lads didn't care Neil who was around they kept doing touching them and no I can understand some people probably thought they were you know messing teenagers were just messing yeah Um, so there were people passing by is that what you're saying to me yeah there were people passing and she was like mum we couldn't have made it any clearer that we didn't want these boys around us so we I asked her why she didn't take out her phone you know, to ring us, and she was like, "We we were terrified they'd take our phones from us because these two boys were a little bit strong, very strong." And somewhat and older, would you say? She kind of said they were a little bit older, but well, it's got to be old enough to drive anyway, right? You know, she don't. They can't tell Neil whether they got out of the driver's seat or you know because the car was behind them. But all they know is that they got out of the car, so they don't know whether they got out of a passenger seat or driving. All right. She said okay. the car was full. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, so they followed O'Neill. They walked around Douglas twice, hoping that they'd lose them because they were afraid that if they wa- started walking home, they would follow them. So they oh, were these were these two characters saying anything to them? Do you know? They were Neil. They they were kind of like, "Come on, you know." My now my daughter's friend was more afraid for my daughter because the guy that was more advanced to my daughter was showing more interest in my daughter than the other guy was. So all my daughter heard was, "Come on, let's rape them now," and the other guy said, "No, too many people." No, come on, let's rape them now. No, there's too yeah. many people. There's too many people around. So they they got terrified, Neil. They just started walking really fast. And once the guy that was interested in my daughter just caught her and held her really tight. And she kept slapping his hand away. Where are they at this stage now? Are they still in the village? Have they come out through the back village? or Yeah, they've come out through the back village and started to walk up home. Yeah. I, I won't say home now, Neil, because the guards are... I know, like, listen, I understand. No, you're handling it very well in fairness to you now, Mary. So, go um, so they started walking and they got really fast and one of the guys said, come on, let's turn back, you know, we're getting nowhere. 
and um, the guy that was interested in my daughter turned around and he said I'm not leaving till I get, get her so she got so scared so they just kept running really really fast and then eventually they kind of looked back and they were gone What kind of state were they in when they got home? Um, I, she was shocked usually Neil she'd come in home and she'd come in and she'd tell us how she got to know what they got to eat and stuff like that um, but she came in the door and she ran straight up the stairs so I kind of didn't take any notice for a few minutes so I went up the stairs and she goes ma'am so I went up and I said yeah. she said can I talk to you and she came in and told me Neil and just the fear in her face like she, her hands were shaking and I said I didn't know what to hold in my tears I, I didn't know what to do um, and she won't speak about it since Neil Okay Did she you go to Douglas Gardy? No we rang the guards and they came to the house Good and they did speak to her now they said detectives will be okay. in contact with us and they're going to try and get CCTV Oh they'll take that very seriously indeed they will there'll be plenty of CCTV in that area there'll be no problem in the wide earthly world in one thing picking up the reg of that car Never mind getting That's a look at their faces. Yeah, I know they described the two lads to the... She described the two lads down to a T to them, um, which is just... I was just hoping if they didn't, if the, the reg wasn't in sight, Neil, we were just hoping maybe there was dash cans of somebody that might have seen anything or... You know, we're just highlighting it for the fact, Neil, that in this, you know, it's desperate that two girls can't walk the road and go get food and it is isn't it oh, it's just it's just depressing you know, I mean that's that's sexual assault you know yeah like she didn't come out of her room all day yesterday Neil. she gone to school she gone to school she went today she went to school I called her and I asked her you know I just called and I called she turned around to say no but she did go to school um, was she happy I don't think so Neil, to be honest was she happy going out the door? I, I feel that she doesn't even want to go outside the door anymore. I know. And how do you feel, both of you, you and your husband, feel as parents about all of this? Just really, really angry. Angry, yeah. That, yeah. Um, that this can even happen. Do you know, and I know some people will say, do you know, what were two girls doing out to happen? Uh, no, no, no. Only, an, only an imbecile would say that. Like, it's yeah. half past seven of a summer's evening. They're strolling down two buddies to get a bit of food in Douglas Village. Like, yeah. how, how can you be critical of any of that? Like, you can't, you know? It's just, we're just high, you know, we're kind of just... Is there a angry. curfew going on that I'm not aware of that people can't it's, walk about on I their know. own? You know? <laughs> that, that's it, like, and she's just, she's so quiet. She doesn't, there's two girls that wouldn't harm anybody they don't go out of their way for all they just do is go for their food or go for their walks and just for this to happen it's just killing me that she'll probably never want to go for a walk again was she able to put any kind of age or description on them she reckons um maybe 16 but when when she turned around and she goes um your age or something like that they she my daughter goes you're not 15 the two of them the two lads started laughing at each other as if to say that, you know, we're not what the age we said, you know, that kind of a way. They kind of put it as, when my daughter says, we're, I think my daughter, so I'm 14, um, 
and the two lads said we're the same age, we're 15 or so and they laughed, they burst out laughing to each other but they were tall, a lot, they were taller than my daughter and her friends Yeah, yeah, yeah it's unfortunate. Uh, it's unfortunate nobody came to their aid, right? Because they clearly yeah. w- were making it. Were they? Were they shouting, screaming? They weren't shouting or screaming. Yeah. They. They kept. Um, they kind of made it clear. Neil, that they like my daughter said, "Mom, I couldn't have made it any clearer to people that we didn't want these people around us." Did adults no. pass by when this was happening? Ad- there was adults. There was there was everybody around me. No, the only way I've kind of put it to my daughter is, I think that people might have thought they were just you know teenagers messing. That's the only way I can think of to my daughter. You know, trying to make it a small little bit easier that Adam okay. might have just expected that they were just messing about. But she kind of got angry with me. She said, "Ma'am, we couldn't have made it any clearer." Like she said, you know, and then. She just spoke to the guards and she hasn't spoke about it since then. Okay, okay. She okay. just said she doesn't want to talk about it. She's in shock, obviously, clearly. Yeah. Um, would you would you blame her? Yeah. Like she's fourteen years old, and this comes as a terrible, terrible shock that somebody would be. Yeah. They won't go through the graphic details of what you mentioned earlier on with with regards to hands upon them and things like that. But it's yeah. quite evident to me that you know, I mean. This was not just acting the mick or playing the fool or, you know, and anyway, no. even if even if they would claim in, in the event of anything happening, uh, we were only messing. Well, you know, that wasn't the way the two girls saw it as only messing. No. It's a lot more serious than that. Like yeah. when my daughter heard the word rape, Neil, I think her body, yeah. um, the way yeah. she spoke to her, I think her body froze up. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of it I, as well, you see. It may not, it may not lead to rape. But that was certainly yeah. hands-on assault, and it also puts fear into somebody. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we just wanted to highlight it, Neil, this yeah. morning. Just for if there is other young girls out there that might have been more quieter than my daughter and her friends that you know might have just gone in with the two lads thinking it was innocent. But it's just I just think it's crazy, and we just. This morning we just, you know, we were thinking about it all weekend, and we just said, "No, I said I'm going to highlight it for other parents that have children." And what age. advice should parents be giving young children, young girls, or young boys, for that matter? Just even if he, if adults do think it's a mess, or like we go to somebody and don't move until they take notice and listen. You know, this is not a joke. We're not messing. Can you phone our parents or can we use your phones? Because they were so terrified to take out their phones that they thought the two lads would have taken their phones. Yeah, some suggest that you do use your phone, that you call somebody, are you Facebook Live and you film Yeah. You know, would that be advice, I wonder? Then they'll grab the phone, won't they? Yeah, my sister said the same. She goes, Joe, the lads would have taken their phones and they would have had nothing anyway. Okay. Um, But my advice is just, for any teenager, just go to somebody and just scream and just say, look, they're at us, they won't leave us alone. Um, but I do understand that some people probably did think they were messing, but... And he was sh- shock sets in in situations like that. If you're one of the two girls, including your sister, you're frozen with fear. You're not even thinking logically. So Yeah, you know. I think she did freeze up because she would be the type of girl need that would I know. kind of give out... But I just think the shock, shock when yeah. she heard that word. The word rape. She was just yeah. terrified if nobody took notice when she did go up to them and they had to walk home anyway on the road. 
Okay, well, it's, in the, it's in the hands of the Guardian and they have specialist units that deal with that and uh, yeah. let's allow them to do that. Um, and you can be sure they'll be looking for CCTV footage. They certainly will. Uh, you're encouraging anybody that might have dash cam footage from what time? Did you say 7.30 in the front uh, village? Seven, the front village and the back village, Neil. Okay, um, Sunday they, were kind of, they walked around the whole, and by Douglas Park, Neil. How long did it go on? Um... I think for nearly, it could have been about 40 minutes. Oh, they, my God. Gathered, oh they my walked around the village hoping that they'd lose, you know, the lads would eventually right. go yeah. away. Yeah, I know. 40 minutes of persecution and fear. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I just okay. said I want to give you a ring this morning, Neil, okay. just to highlight it for other parents okay. that have young teenage daughters. And was it Douglas Gardy that you reported it to? Um, we ran 999, Neil, okay. but well, when like, the guards came out, they said it was Douglas were will be investigated. Okay, all right. Let, let me see if I can get a press report from uh, Garda Press on this, and then if anybody has dash cam footage that they can share with the Garda, at least we'll know where to send it to. Then, yeah, that's perfect. And let it be a warning. Let it be a warning. You got you got to sit down and have conversations with your teenage children, don't you? Yeah. As to the vulnerability yeah. of you know the dangers. The dangers yeah. is the word. The dangers. Yeah, of just going for a a bag of chips or going for a walk. Yeah, I, I yeah. hear you. I hear you. All right, listen, um, Mary, thank you thank you so much. Calling. Not at all. I know it's a very upsetting time for you and hopefully they will be caught. Hopefully they will be hope, caught. Yeah. As to what will happen when they're caught, who knows? But listen, it's not an easy thing to come on the air and share a story like that. So thank you for it. You're very good. Thanks very much, Neil. All the best. Take care. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Text 0868104106. The times we live in. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818104106. And indeed, you can always email neil at uh, redfm.ie. There's a new um, ride hailing service being launched in Cork today. It's called Bolt. I was reading the backstory to this over the weekend uh, about um, the man who set it up. His name is Marcus Villig in Estonia. It's an incredible backstory, actually. He he started Bolt with fifteen thousand euro and tried to get funding and tried to get people involved in it. And uh, everybody was telling him to pack it in and walk away that it wasn't going to work, that it was going to fail, and it didn't. I think in a matter of something like months or you know six months or eight months, the company was worth many many millions of uh, dollars all over the world. Well, it launches in Cork today, and I was just trying to work out as to whether it's similar to a regular taxi service or whether it's actually more akin to, say, Uber. Um, But it does launch today, and I actually downloaded the app myself this morning to see how it works. But the man who can fill in the blanks for me is James Bopit, who's the operations manager of Bolt, and he he joins me by phone. James, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So, which is it? Is it similar to an existing taxi app, or is it kind of like you Uber by another it, name? No, it, it's similar to another uh, to an existing taxi app. So, we only have registered taxi drivers on the app. We don't use you know individuals that aren't registered with the NTA. Oh, okay. Because with Uber, it's my car, your car, Seamus's car, anybody's car, right? Yeah, no. This is explicitly taxis. Keep it all above board and within the regulations. So how's it going to work? Are you going to have to encourage taxi drivers to move away from their existing bases and companies they work for? Uh, so the idea is to try and... We, so we don't do anything exclusive. So uh, drivers can work for their existing bases and companies, um, existing apps. They can continue to work with them as well as work with us. Um, our position is really about trying to give drivers, as well as passengers, more choice in the market. Okay, so how is a passenger going to benefit from today then? Yeah, so uh, we're offering sign-up bonuses for the passengers. So you get 50% off your first 10 trips. 
Um, and likewise, from the driver side, in, ter- in terms of trying to entice the drivers across, um, we have 0% commission running um, for the drivers. So How does that, what do you mean commission? The, by and large, yeah, taxi so drivers who are with a base at the moment pay the base, do they? Yeah, exactly. So you pay either a monthly access fee or you would have some sort of commission structure on each trip you take. Um, so, you know, some of our competitors in the market uh, charge 15% commission um, on every trip you take. So we're uh, doing an introductory commission-free for nearly two months. So you get commission-free until the 25th of May, um, and then it will go to the regular commission price of 13%. All right, which is 2% lower than the existing basis on average, is it? Yeah. Yeah. You know that there's a shortage of taxis anyway in Cork. Have you studied the Cork market, I wonder? Yeah, so there's a massive shortage. So what we saw is over the COVID period, the number of like registered taxis kind of decreased by about 30 in the Cork region. But that doesn't really account for the fact that, you know, there's, there's obviously vehicles sitting there not being driven as well. Um, so at the moment, there's just over 1,200 vehicles currently like registered in Cork. Um, but what we've seen is obviously the demands come back, right? You know, everybody's like out and about again. They're going to restaurants. They're going out to beers. So, you know, you've had this big influx of kind of demand come back into the market. But, you know, there's not been the same uplift in taxi drivers. Yeah, because a lot of them say to me that the insurance costs are prohibitive, the amount they have to pay, and others left the industry and got other jobs instead. Yep, exactly. Uh, so especially during COVID, people left and, you know, delivery became a big thing. Um, so you find a lot of people, you know, might have been taxi drivers left and became couriers. You know, they found there was a better way to, 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 make, amends, uh, to make ends meet during COVID during that. So then it's hard to entice those people back because they've already found greener pastures, so to speak. I did download the app this morning, and here we go. Uh, trip from, say, where I'm sitting now to Bandon, right? It's just low. Is this live now? If I actually push go, yep. will somebody come and pick me up? Yep. Okay, so um, it's loading now at the moment. Um, maybe it's to do with my own Wi-Fi. Where do I want to go? I want to go to Bandon. Oh, yeah, Bolt. Uh, it'll arrive in four minutes. Um, yep. It will cost me... Why is it two different prices? Either 33 euro or 45 euro. Why is that? Uh, you should see a discount that's been applied. So if I, if I push select... Oh, uh, sorry. Sorry, there's a range. So we, we give you a range because we can't estimate, like, you know, you, there's traffic and all sorts of things that can can impact your fare. So we give you a range of where we estimate the fare will land, gotcha. but ultimately you pay what's on the taxi meter. Okay, so it's, it's the normal taxi rate that's put down by the regulator, is it? Yes, exactly, but we then offer the discount on top of that. Essentially, that comes out of our pocket, doesn't come out of the driver's pocket, um, so the passenger benefits. So you charge me 50% less than that price then, is it? Uh, you, so you get a 50% discount up to a threshold. I believe the threshold is like 7 euros. Okay. All right. Do you and you also do um, share cars? Do you and, and e-bikes and e-scooters and things like that? Yes, not currently in Ireland, um, but in other markets we do. So we're definitely looking to push those across um, into Ireland. You know, there's some regulatory hurdles there, particularly on the scooters. Um, you know, a lot of uh, there's a lot of regulation changes needed to kind of make that legal, um, and we don't want to make a move on that until everything's above board and, and signed off. And does Bolt ultimately lead on then to actually um, pr- use private cars, I wonder? No, so we have no intention of trying to push private cars uh, into, the, into the Irish market. Um, you know, we have a great working relationship with the NTA. Um, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, their priorities for customer safety um, come above all else. And that regulation 
you know, where you have to be a registered taxi driver, yeah. protect the customer. Yeah. Now, that's ultimately what it's there for, and we're fully supportive of is that. Is that the worry with Uber, do you think, that you literally don't know who's driving you, is it? Yeah, so that's generally the fear in other countries, right, is that, you know, if there's a private hire market, potentially you don't know. Like, we obviously have internal controls. We operate in other markets like that, um, and you have controls and checks that go in place, you know, checking their background and their, you know, criminal records and things like that. Um, but, you know, that, that's the scepticism um, in terms of some markets is, yeah, do you really know who you're getting in the car with? Yeah, I think the, the, the only upside to Uber in that case is you can, you can always tell where you are in an Uber car, you know, because you have the Uber app and you can trace the journey or a loved one or a friend always knows where you are. That kind of makes it safe, doesn't it? Exactly. And, and you, know, that's, you know, we kind of offer that second layer of protection, right? Because, you know, we're using taxi drivers exclusively, but then you can also track it in the app so you know where you're going. Oh, it's tracked live then? Yep, it's tracked okay. live. And yeah. we, have, we have safety features in the app. So if you were to get in trouble, you can go straight through to our high support, uh, high priority like support line. They get in touch with the guard if they need to, all that sort of thing. So that's and all built into the app. It's like an added layer. Gotcha. Do you have a call-out charge as well? No, so we have a $2, $2, sorry, $2 euro booking fee, um, which is the same price as what the NTA regulates. And tell me the backstory, if you don't mind, before I let you go, about Marcus Villig. I found him extraordinary. He started with nothing, didn't he? Young fellow, was he? Yeah, yeah. So he, he got funding from, or he begging and borrowing money from friends and family to get the company set up. Um, so he was a really early mover in the space, uh, particularly in the ride hail space. Um, I believe he even might have beat Uber to the punch. Um, you know, they obviously scaled significantly faster at the time. Um, but yeah, he was scrounging around. Him and his brother got it all set up and they got an engineer in and got the app built. And yeah, it's just kind of grown exponentially since then. Um, and they've obviously, we've obviously expanded that product suite from, you know, just being ride hail to doing things like scooters and, you know, car rentals and food delivery service and all that sort of stuff. And all that will arrive in Cork as well at some stage. He must be one wealthy young man then, is he? I think he's doing okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the other services is kind of, yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, it doesn't make sense to do it financially and, you know, what's the regulation most importantly. Okay, so taxi drivers are indeed bases, have nothing to fear that this is Uber by another word, no? No, definitely not. All right, my man. Okay, all right. And it launches today, right? Launches today, yep, we're up and running already. Thanks for taking the call, James. Appreciate it. Have a good day. No worries. Cheers. Thank you. The Cheers. Bolt app is live today. Similar, they say similar to the Free Now app. I'm wondering what taxi drivers think of it. Maybe that will allay some of their fears. Uh, Derek, good morning. Good morning. Would you, be incl- you? would you be inclined as a taxi driver to move from a base to Bolt? I, I think there, there are two different avenues we're dealing with. One is an app based, um, and the other, and of course, would be. Um, your, your standard base. I think it's two sides of an apple being, being perfectly honest with yeah, you. Yeah, but is it not, does it not kind of mark the beginning of the end of taxi bases where there'll be no physical buildings needed anywhere anymore? When Bolt comes along, it'll be just uh, a direct booking on an app, full stop. Yeah, I think what it is doing um, towards the taxi industry is changing how the uh, the model works, Neil, because before you used to go to a standard base, you'd pay your, your set monthly fee um, but what these are doing is they're educating drivers that there is no need to do that, that you can actually go in and pay per job as you do it. So that does entice a lot of drivers to move towards app. And yeah, it could be a start of a new way. So I think bases in the city will have to put their thinking hats on and go, how can we attract more drivers? And would in? that involve Maybe. the bases having to give 
50% discounts on short trips and things like that on the first 15 booked. That's what this new business is doing. Lower commission for drivers. Would that tempt more people back into the taxis? Um, is it, are, you, are you asking into physically driving taxis, Neil, or using the bases? Well, both really, but I did hear that a lot of people aren't driving their taxis anymore. They've just decided not to bother. Yeah, well, that's um, the main reason they haven't driven the taxis, Neil, is because during the pandemic, a lot of the uh, lot of the drivers came to an age of retirement. Um, we lost, as you know, as Bobby Lynch would have said many times before, we lost drivers to COVID, and we also lost drivers to suicide, and and, and that happened right throughout this pandemic. Which has um, so we had pandemic, COVID, suicide, drivers retiring, which has brought down the overall numbers of the drivers in Ireland, and those numbers have not yet been replenished. We have drivers wanting to leave the industry that want to transfer their place, but unfortunately, under the Taxi Regulation Act, these drivers can't actually sell on their plates. So, yeah, numbers are not increasing, but the NTA have the power to do something well, about that if they wish. Okay, why was the Uber blocked in Cork? Well, it's a very simple reason. It, again, it falls under the Taxi Regulation Act. Um, and the main reason they were is you cannot have a regulated and a deregulated industry running parallel. But isn't there an the Uber system operating in Dublin? They're operating in Dublin, but that's only um, a kind of show of force for Uber. Um, and that business model is completely different to anywhere else in the world. They actually work and are licensed under the, uh, the, the NTA, which is the Transport Authority. Yeah, but is it, you so, know, Uber in Dublin, is it, personal, is it personal vehicles? Like, could I be an Uber driver in Dublin? Absolutely not. No. No. Oh, okay. No vehicles in Ireland are allowed to operate um, as a personal vehicle, because that, that contradicts the Taxi Regulation Act. All taxis in Ireland must be regulated. They must all be licensed by the Transport Authority. But you must go through Garda vetting but with why? Garda Chicago. But why? I mean, they tell me that on a Friday night or a Saturday night, it's impossible to get a taxi. Why can't somebody just get Uber and just have a car come pick them up any time within five or ten minutes? The issue isn't why should we have Uber. The, the issue is why isn't the Taxi Regulation Act, uh, why isn't the Transport Authority doing more to support taxis, get more taxi drivers into the industry? If the, ta- if the NTA and the Transport Authority relax some of the licensing laws, let existing drivers who want to retire sell on their plates, then that would bring up the number of available drivers in the country. But we're kind, of, we're kind of in the dark ages, though, with the rest of the world having Uber already. Yeah, Aren't but the thing, about it, the thing about it is, Neil, the good thing about it is, if you look our, at our country and our media, you don't see any of the negative spins from the media on what's actually happening in other European countries from drivers that are not regulated. What is happening with to, some Uber drivers around the world? Well, is it a safety look, issue? Yeah, yeah, completely. It is, because if I want, I can go away, um, and I'm not even going to say any company name, but I can go into any of these places that are not regulated. God knows who I am. I don't have to go through checking. I go onto the app, I sign up, and hey, presto, I'm out on the road later on tonight. I might have never driven in my life. Who knows what background I have come from. So while things are not perfect in this country... I do have a lot of respect for the Garda Shikana who take extensive time. It could be, for new drivers, it could take up to 12 weeks for them to do a Garda vetting check. And I, oh, um, I understand, I understand the current conditions under which somebody can get a license here, but is it the case that in, in other countries then, Uber, Uber drivers, some of them are robbing or assaulting passengers, is it? 
Absolutely. And and that's why when you look, last year there was a huge strike of over 6,000 drivers on the streets of Berlin in Germany. That was normal taxi drivers trying to get Uber out because they were getting bad news in the press because people were pushing them all in the same boat. It happened in the downtown Barcelona last year in the heart of Catalan. Uh, it's happened in London. It's happening all over the place. So we are in that way. And customers at the end of the day, we, we are very lucky. And the thing about it, Neil, is that when people talk about Uber, they go, oh, they're so cheap. You know, um, it, I was away and I was in this place and I was getting a great discount. But people often forget that uh, Uber actually operates on a system of surge pricing. So if you are in the, the middle of court, for example, on a Saturday night, you get your taxi home to Douglas and it could be whatever it is on the meter. When it comes to a busy period with Uber, what they do is they go through a system of surge pricing. So what you pay can be four, five times what you actually normally pay. Uh, I don't know. About it. That's never happened to me anywhere. I've got an Uber. Yeah, five well, times the price. Yeah, um, it works on the surge pricing. Uh, all, the researchers can put it up there straight away. It's all over Google, and they do. They surge price at peak times. So we'll never have go- we'll never have Uber in Ireland. Well, we will never have Uber in Cork. No, you'll have Uber in, in our, pardon me, you'll have it in Dublin where it works under the remit of the, the NTA. But as long like as... I'll never, or any member of the public who is a few hours in the evening in a nice clean car will never be able to go out and be an Uber driver. No, okay. because okay. for the very simple reason, regulated and deregulated industries will not run parallel under the Taxi Regulation Act. Okay, I just get people's thoughts on this as to whether we should have Uber at this stage, 2022. Do you know if the rickshaws are still around? Um, not as much as they were before. They were creating havoc. And again, I, I won't touch too much on that, but um, what happened was they were operating in Dublin and then that became a case for for the Gardaí to look after because things that, the type of business that was being but conducted... they were in, in Cork the as well. Shows. Yeah, they were. Yep, they Did they were all just... Because there was dozens of them. Did they all just disappear or what? Yeah, well, the, the, the Gardaí kind of moved them on a little bit. They were operating down from Centre Park Road coming in. Yeah. Uh, they were causing, causing um, a lot of accidents and uh, disrupting traffic. Um, no respect for the rules of the road, breaking red lights. And again, when you have four or five people going into them and they're, they're running down the road, there's always the chance of risk and people hurting themselves. And, and you know... You have to think about customer safety. It's not always about how we get there faster, how we get people off the roads. The most paramount issue is customer safety. How, how do we keep fellow Corkonians safe? So, yeah, you have to think about all these things. And what did the Gardaí do? Do you know? Um, I don't know in detail, but whatever they did, they got them off the road. Okay. All right. Listen, thanks for taking the call, Derek. Uh, Derek uh, O'Keefe, Cork taxi driver. Your calls are welcome. Text 0868104106. Just as a by the way, do you think, uh, whether, and this goes for whether you're a taxi driver or a punter, whether or not we should have Uber in Cork? I mean, it does come, of course, with a caveat of worry and maybe a, an alert that you literally you know, don't know who could well be driving you. And they say that's the problem with, with uh, Uber. But what are we going to do about a lack of taxis, particularly at the weekend, at pinch points of, a, say, a Friday or a Saturday night? Text 0868104106. Text The Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. This by email. The youngsters of the Glen are using the seclusion now of two empty houses in Errigal Heights to vandalise and indeed experiment with drugs. The sad part is the council could have avoided the downward spiral of these youths 
by filling the much-needed houses immediately, as they were at the time in perfect living condition. They're not now. But look, as history is repeating itself, number 55's empty six months. Look like Looks like a bomb went off in the garden. Number 61, which is empty two years, is full of illegally dumped rubbish in the back, and they're now completely uninhabitable houses. Ergal Heights in the Glen. Just look some morning, you'd be disgusted. I wouldn't go late in the day because the youths like to batter passing traffic with stones. Um, the guardie can't do anything. The council completely ignore the situation. Uh, we live close to the prison and most of the time uh, believe we would find more peace on the other side of the wall. As I write this, we're well into the fifth hour of illegal, reckless scrambling by kids whose parents must have bought them these scrambling bikes. Has been a peep from the Gardee. Not one mother in the Glen has enjoyed a peaceful Mother's Day. I'll let you hear a little sample of what people of the Glen must endure on a daily basis. Well, if you have audio that you either have sent to me already or you're planning to send me audio, please do. I'd like to hear it and perhaps see if we can play it on air. Um, on the national anthem from yesterday, one of your listeners was talking to you about the Irish language and how they would love to chat someone at Osquelga to revive the language. Well, I'm a fluent. I'm fluent in Irish. And I want to become a teacher. And I would happily chat to any of them and teach them a bit of Irish. It would be good practice for both. Gurumahogat, says Jamie. And there's lots actually on the national anthem itself. I'll come to those in a minute. Morning, gang, on the subject of Blarney and the Americans. Yeah, I was chatting about that. As trying to work out as to when they get... There's like something like 70 or 80 cruise liners coming into uh, Cove. And, uh, in, and I think they're actually coming in from... Uh, April onwards, a huge resurgence in cruise activity. I was just wondering where they go. On the subject of Blarney and the Americans, I can remember vividly as a kid sitting on the walls in Blarney and waving to the Yanks and the big buses and then running mad through the field to get to the back of the castle where they would lie back to kiss the stone. Then became a waiting game to see how much money we could make as they forgot to remove the loose change in their pockets. <laughs> It literally was pennies from heaven falling from the skies. We'd be in sweets for a month. Uh, oh, the things we used to get up to in Blarney with the Yanks. Happy, happy days, says Liam in Blackpool. Clearly, anything in their pockets when they leaned over to kiss the Blarney stone went to tumbling down to the ground. Everyone should know the meaning of the national anthem and be proud of it. How many people have died in the name of the flag? Ireland's call is nothing more than a Eurovision entry. A morning, De Valera was the founder of Fianna Fáil and the driving force of Ireland's independence. He was born in New York and it was the very reason why he wasn't executed in 1916. Thank you for that. You're spot on there. Um, the Irish language is dead and good riddance to it to somebody else. Why would you say that? Was it the way that it was taught to you that you would say good riddance to our national tongue? We may not speak it, but it's still of us. Where could you purchase the book of the National Anthem? I'm very interested in it. Well, you can pick up a copy of it at uh, oberling.ie, A-B-A-I-R-L-I-N-N-E. Did you know that the Irish language is on the educational curriculum in China and Japan as a foreign language? I didn't know that. And one final one. Perhaps we should get rid of our Onavian. Not because we have evolved beyond it, but because we are not deserving of it. After all, it refers to the fighting Irish spirit, doesn't it? A spirit we can hardly lay claim to anymore. Since we've become a nation of followers, perhaps we should adopt Baba Black Sheep or Mary Had a Little Lamb as our national anthem, says Richie. Food for thought on that one. Uh, thank you for that. Text 0868104106. Uh, the Cove Cruise Terminal will see its first liner dock in 
two years on Good Friday, Seamus tells me, on the 15th of April, the first one comes in. The Boralis, with a crew of 600, has a capacity of 1,404 passengers. And the first one, the Boralis, arrives on the 15th of April. And in total, 90 cruise ships will visit Cove this year. And that should bring 14 million euro to the local economy. They say that when cruise liners, um, you know, dock in Cove, they also spend in Cove, not just the passengers, but the crew as well. We're back after 10 on text 0868104106. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Let's see if they're getting any sunshine down Brisbane, Brisbane way, down in Australia, because we have a lot of people listening overseas on a regular basis, and amongst them, Fiona. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Well, at the moment, we don't have any sunshine. We've got a little bit of a drizzle, but it's now, it's 7 o'clock at night. Uh, What's the story with the drizzle? You're in winter, are you? We know we're just coming out of our summer. Oh, sorry, but it's from so yeah, of course, summer into spring. My apologies. <laughs> so how long you how long have you been down there? Because I hear tell you're home in a couple of weeks. Are you COVID put a bit of a damper yeah, on your I travel? Can't wait. Four years I've been waiting to get there, so I just can't wait. Bursting, bursting, bursting to arrive into Cork. That's a long, long time. Yeah. Cancelled plans I over know. the last couple of years, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, and my mum usually comes out every year and that had to be cancelled and oh, sure, listen, it was just disastrous. I know, she should tell me about yeah. it. I know of people who've had babies born down there, weddings oh, here so at we home. Had going on at home and I've missed everything. My my niece, my goddaughter is getting married. Thank God we're going to be there for the wedding, all being well. And she's had her hen weekend. I've missed all of that. I just feel like, oh, can't wait to get there. The numbers are big here. I don't mean to be putting the fear of God or boring people, but there's don't no chance even that... Cry us. Oh, I know, yeah. Is there don't any chance that there might be restrictions by the end of April? Oh, <laughs> well, no, we're coming on the 10th of April, so don't <laughs> even dare now say that to me, because at the moment here, the schools are rife. I'm keeping my kids off school at the minute now because know, of it. So I know, but at they're least, finished like, on Friday. At least anyway. we're hearing here oh. that the hospital numbers are low, so that's keeping the restrictions at bay, you know? Is it the same there? Yeah. Yes, the hospital numbers here are fine. Yeah, it's fine. So there's not an issue with that regards to that. And we're vaxxed up and, you know, we've done what we can do. We're masked up every day, even though here now you don't have to wear a mask, but we're masked up anyway as a family yeah, because yeah. we want to get on the flight. So tell me this, um, you're doing it so you don't fail a test, is it? Well, we're not, we don't actually have to have a test leaving here. They're just doing random tests at the moment. We're night stopping in Dubai one night on the way. Yeah. But they're only doing random airport tests at the moment and the same for into Dubai, random airport tests again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so like here, here at the moment, there's no obligation to wear masks, say, for instance, in supermarkets or bars or restaurants. But I'm still noticing people with masks on, you know, as they're doing yeah. their shopping. Yeah, and I agree. It's the same here. You don't have to do it, but we're doing it because it is. Look, we've been quite lucky. They did keep everybody out. And here in Australia, there hasn't been, way, you know, there's not been a lot of COVID cases. It is coming now to the stage of, yes, we're all vaccinated. We got a bit complacent. And there's a lot going on in the schools at the moment. Um, because the schools, the kids went back. And, of course, they're all touchy-feely. And every yeah, like what can they do? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But 
the so it's only spreading through schools at the moment and because I've got two school age kids it's like okay mask up every day at school they're probably the only kids at school wearing masks but I really don't care I want to get on my flight I'm coming to court <laughs> in two weeks time <laughs> I will be there for the wedding Steph Steph and Brian what, what took you out there day one how long ago um, nine years ago, um, I was I lived in the Middle East for God nearly ten years prior to all of this. London then for ten years, and now Brisbane for ten years. I'm a bit of a traveller at heart. Yeah, I suppose, and so. like, did you have family then when you went to Australia or before? Or what? I've got a cousin here in um, in Brisbane with us, so she was in Sydney prior to this, and that was part of the reason we chose um, Brisbane so our kids could be together. And we've got two kids the same age. So um, that was the reason for Sydney or for Brisbane. My husband used to live in Sydney. We met in the UK, but he used to live in Sydney. And will that be home now for you for the rest of your foreseeable? Well, home is always Cork. And that'll never, ever change. You can hear by the accent, that'll never change either. And hence the reason I listen to your program every day. You never picked up any Aussie twang. Ash, if you want me to put it on, I can. <laughs> anyway, listen, you were listening You were listening yesterday when we were talking about the National Anthem. And I just sat down with the coffee and you said, could you imagine now if somebody was listening overseas, they just turned on the radio and it was the National Anthem. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> was that when Frick, Mr. Passage West, was singing the anthem on the I air? I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Do they, I absolutely loved it. You know, it. in Irish in Irish circles there in Australia, say, because there are probably Irish pubs yeah. and Irish clubs, do yeah. they play it or yeah. sing it at the end of a night or anything? Yeah, they do. They do. They, and like we just had Paddy's Day there now in the city and they do, like for things like that, they'll always put it on. The Irish Association out here will always put it on, even at the end of matches and stuff. They always, always do. Um, so it is fairly high up in the agenda in those places. But I absolutely remember in Cork all the time, the lights used to come on full at the nightclub as soon as the National Anthem started. I always remember it. I couldn't believe when you said, please never do that. No, never played it, no. no. Amazing. Huh. I just, it just, it just is a touch of home. It's just, oh, brings a tear to my eye. When and I do you know it. the you National know, Anthem, do you? Look, yes, we had to learn it in school, so we used to always perform it at school things at the time. I was in um, in St. Patrick's School at the time and then St. Aidan's School in Balaclan. Um But yeah, it was something we had to do. It was just the done thing. Do you as still remember pronunciation, it? Like, I would remember as they're singing it. Yes, I would. If I get the right pronunciation and make up my own words in between, <laughs> then should that stand too? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I fully my, want my kids to learn it. Is there, any, is there any reason or not for you to give us a couple of lines of it? Ah, sure, I can try. Here we go now. I hope everybody's listening in Cork. My pal, my mum, that'll be skitting at this. I don't need the whole thing, incidentally. Just a few verses. I'll only say a few bells for you, don't worry. And right. um, So, here we go. Sheena Fina Foyle At Tofwe Aule Geirin Fwindar Soon Shantirishin Sherpoil You got it, girl. You got it. What about the Aussie National Anthem? What's that? Couldn't tell you, even though I'm a citizen now, I couldn't tell you. They didn't make you learn it before you got citizenship, no? <laughs> no. You see, I was lucky. I became a citizen during COVID, so I had it over the internet. I had it by Zoom, so it was grand. My kids know it. But what is it? What, what's the, what is the name of it? It's not Timey um, Kangaroo Down or anything like that. 
Not at all. Uh, completely forgotten the name of the national anthem. It's not waltzing Matilda or anything, no? No, should we wish it was? Try know those ones. <laughs> Seb, what's uh, the name of this Australian national anthem? Australian yeah. Anthem. What's it called? <laughs> Give me a few bars of it. It's called Advance Australia, Australia Fair. Advance Australia Fair, that's it. You should know that, Sebby. You used to sing it at school all the time. <laughs> Um, so that's my 13 year old there now. Yeah, he, she's preoccupied with other things, don't worry about oh, it. Oh, he is, yeah, he is absolutely. Um, school work at the moment, Neil, of course. Um, but my daughter was born here, so she's got the Aussie accent. All right, well, listen, stay safe and catch that flight I and get back to Cork for the wedding, all right? Oh, I can't wait. We're bursting. <laughs> all right, Thanks Fiona, take care. Cheers. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hopefully Michal Martin doesn't hear about change in the anthem. Ten days off with COVID and he comes up with giving the kids a homework day off. God only knows what he'll come up with. Maybe an ABBA song or Irish National Anthem is that or Ash National Anthem. I was taught French in secondary school and maths in primary and secondary. Apart from knowing basic maths and a few words of French, then maybe they were a waste of my time and my education. The French I learned has never benefited me. And the only maths I know was mainly learned in primary school. Plenty of people use Irish every day for work or in the home or just because they want to. I hate this attitude of I don't know it or I don't like it, so get rid of it. There's a lot more love for Irish now than there was when I was in school 20 plus years ago. I do think the problem is with the curriculum and it certainly needs to be updated. I didn't learn the national anthem in the 80s or 90s, but my children have been taught it. And it's fantastic to hear, especially at matches. The buzz in Porky Cueve from last from the national anthem last Saturday was electrical. I was there. And one final one. That child has me crying, the four-year-old singing the national anthem. He put the whole nation to shame. Fair play to the lad. Absolutely amazing. Calls, texts and comments on the way after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. All right. 104 to 106 Red FM. Just quickly, because I was chatting with Fiona about the Australian national anthem. This is a short extract. I better not say anything about it for fear I'd be insulting Australians. <laughs> Give me your own, our own the VN any day. But I would say that as a proud Irishman. Uh, lines open, text 0868104106. I know the taxi drivers wouldn't be happy at all with Uber and I can understand why. They're trying to make a living and it's tough enough as it is and they got a right battering recently when they weren't allowed to put the price of a taxi up even by a euro in spite of the fact that petrol and diesel prices went through the roof and still remain that way. But I'm wondering whether people themselves would like to have Uber on side. Would it give them more choice, more availability? Text 0868104106. There is that safety issue. Oh, I mentioned earlier on actually that uh, these parking charges at hospitals are wrecking people's heads. There's even a consultant up in Beaumont Hospital who's come out and said that car park charges in hospitals are basically a rip-off. A rip-off. Cork University Hospital has taken in by far the highest in parking fees year in, year out. 1.25 million. Um, and he's saying, this consultant in Beaumont Hospital, that they should be nominal, that they should be all reduced significantly, and they should change um, with regards to demand. 
but it's basically a rip-off as it is. Then outside of, and I'll come back to this actually, because people have been clamped as they go down to the marina market, and you need to be aware of that. It's fine in the car park itself, but this business of people parking on the docks, on the quays, will lead to clamping. More about that in a few minutes' time, because if you didn't know it, believe it or not, the docks of Cork are private property. They're not public and people are laboring under the misapprehension that perhaps they are. But out to uh, the area of the CUH in and around Wilton and Bishopstown, uh, apparently they're issuing parking tickets to cars there as well. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. It's What's the story long, out there? It's a long-standing issue, I think, and I've changed my mind in a, in a big way since COVID. I'll give you an example. Last Friday, a medical student for dental theatre put up the ticket on on the car, but was delayed inside in theatre, the next thing she gets a 40 or a 60 euro. What's the ticket? Like, what have they got to pass, is it? In our area, it's a disc parking zone, the same as being in the city. You get two hours, and you put up your ticket and you park your car. But a lot of people, like that student, and many other medics, they go into meetings, they go into theatre, they go in looking after a patient, they may be delayed. And the other issue is, we also have in the area, and I have met many of them because I live there, people who have long-stay sons and daughters with leukemia, cancer, and they're paying exorbitant rates. I have given them spaces through the Irish Kidney Association in two houses that are empty, and I regularly give my space in front of the gate to these people. Mm. And your employee, like only a couple of weeks ago, we were saying how fantastic the uh, hospital staff in CUH were, how great they are, how wonderful they are. Now, a few weeks after COVID and COVID, the restrictions are lifted. Here we are, City Council, giving out dockets and fines to people who work in a hospital, saving people's lives. It but, don't but, make sense. But, but back, back up a little bit. Are, are you suggesting that people who work in the CUH who have a pass, a, a parking pass? They don't have a parking pass because you're parked on a public road. So where the, you, you the, say the that CUH staff should be allowed to park on public streets, which are disc zones, free of charge? Correct. And what? Also, why, 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 are, why do you think that's a good idea? We are living near the Cork University Hospital, right? We're, we're living next door to it. This is my theory on that. I think there should be no disparking in our area in Upper Wilton Avenue. And I'll tell you why. You go back to 9-11 and you look at the way they put the police department up on a pedestal so high when, after 9-11. We should be putting the staff and all the workers, doctors, the whole lot, up on a pedestal in Cork which we have not done. But and why aren't the CUHs providing their own parking for their own staff? Yeah, but they, have, they haven't got the space. They haven't got the space in the hospital. They're taking up the space also in the Bishopstown GA, which I presume they're paying the Bishopstown GA for. But what I am saying in our road, as a resident on the road, the, unless they're parked in front of a gate or up on the footpath, they should be allowed park there, go in and do their work, whether you're a worker or, a, or many, many times where it's a family member going in to see somebody dying, you know, and to give them uh, their, their last goodbyes. But don't they, but don't they, isn't there, spe- forgive me for not being 100% accurate in this, but for somebody who's a long stay 
um, uh, patient and family are visiting and it's very critical and it's uh, very serious illnesses, don't they get free parking or discounted parking or something like that within the COH? But, but I, I'm not aware of that. I'm more concerned with all road. But what I am saying is all them parking fees, as the consultant said, are an absolute rip-off anyway in the hospital. We need to change our tune in terms of how we treat and how we look at in a society at people who work in the hospital. I, I, my brother was in hospital for five years. He was in the onco- under uh, Mr. Power in the oncology department. He went in with stage four cancer, and the way he was treated inside there, they kept him alive for five years on stage four cancer. Yeah. If you see the work that they did, from cleaners to people making tea, making lunches, uh, doctors, consultants, physios, these are. Absolutely incredible people. Now where do we they? Change, where do we they need all? To change our tune so, well, where do in, they all park? Cork. Where do they park already? They're parked everywhere. They're parked up in the Bishop Town GA. What, what I am saying to the city council is this: on Wilton Avenue, where I have lived most of my adult life, we need to remove the idea of issuing dockets and fines. To people who work in the hospital, but does that? In, but would, the, but I I said, would that include consultants and surgeons who make serious twine? Now they make big money that they should be entitled to free on street parking. And, 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 and do they not deserve it? Yes, they do. They're doing a job that saves people's lives. They kept my brother alive for five years. And on, and on that care, basis, I don't care how much they're. I don't care. Many. many I have. I live alongside the hospital. Lane. I know what I'm talking about. I have seen doctors consultants and nurses go into the hospital when they're off duty, when they're off duty to go in and look after patients. I have seen people go in in the morning at, or at night at eight, 8 o'clock to work at 8 o'clock. They come out of it at 11 o'clock the following morning. They work 16 and 17 hour days. Like, for for nobody, free? Do they work for, do they work for free? Stood up, no, nobody stood up inside in City Hall or up in the doll and gave them a real meaningful thank you to the workers and people in Cork University Hospital. We were thanking them Issue, for two. We were thanking them for fines. two years or more. It was never staff fines on a Friday morning outside my house is absent and artists should be ashamed of us. But how would the council and staff how would the council staff given out the parking tickets even know that they were hospital staff? They just see somebody parked illegally. I mean are you telling anybody, me the hospital staff are parking any, up in no, disc no, zones no, and not putting no. up a disc? Anybody up there, anybody up there, they know damn well that a lot of people, there are. A lady the other day went in with washing, collecting washing from her father, and she comes out and, get, and she had a parking fine outside in her car after co- going in and collecting washing to take home. Let's say no. We live in a pedestrian zone. I don't know whether you're familiar with the area. It's a pedestrian access in at the mental health side on Wilson Avenue. No, boy, what, but but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a disc parking zone. It's a disc parking zone. What I'm saying is, that should be abolished up in Wilson Avenue. It should be absolutely abolished. And the idea of issuing fines and all this crap. Do you know what? The bottom line is this. They have money for everything else. See all them parking fines and parking fees inside the hospital. They should be all abolished. And somebody has the gumption to go into City Hall next Monday night and put down a motion abolishing the charges inside the hospital. They have money for this. They have money for that. They have money for drivers. They have money for advisors. It's a load of crap. It's a load of rubbish. 
You, you know, don't think that the onus of responsibility for parking arrangements for staff is with the employer? Correct. But charging people 8 and 20 euros and all this, so much an hour and blah, blah, blah. The parking should be free for workers and for visitors. Imagine somebody coming up from the country, they can't get a parking. So how do you prove then that the person inside in the hospital parking for free in the hospital on-site parking is actually visiting the hospital and hasn't caught the number eight into town to work? Yeah, what they are doing as well, of course, over the years, and they're clamping them inside their parking in the the Wilton Shopping Centre. In the Wilton Shopping Centre. But what I want, getting back to my point, I'm a resident of, of Bishopstone. I'm a resident of Wilton Avenue. And what I want City Council to do, and I am asking the councillors now, any of them that are listening, right, put down a motion abolishing giving fines on Wilton Avenue next Monday night. I'm calling on Sinn Féin. To, uh, to, 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 to abolish fining everybody or just hospital abolish staff? Abolish fining everybody on Wilton Avenue because we have people going in there regularly every single day with the last two or three years. I've seen them. I'm all cutting grass. So they wouldn't put up a two euro disc or download the parking app for two euro ten for the no, hour? No. It should be. It should, one of my points is this. We have to put the hospital workers and employees up on a pedestal saying they are, these are great people in society. These people save lives. They work hard. We need to change our attitude to, to, to this post-COVID. I see the work these people do. Okay. It's not all about money. It's okay. about saying thank you. Okay, okay. And, and I'm going to send on a sign to you that I have up on front of the hospital, which I am very proud of, on, on Wilson Avenue. And I put the sign up. I'm going to send it on to you, and I want... Red FM, if they can, between now and Easter, to run a competition. Because it's a, a big thank you sign to all the staff and uh, in the hospital on behalf of the people of Cork. And it's up there about 12 months. I asked uh, Michal Martin, Leo Bragger, the Lord Mayor, to come out for a photo opportunity. I asked Mary Lou MacDonald as well. No show. What was the you know, poster? What does it say? It's a huge sign, and it says, Grow... Dokus Mishnok, and it's the Irish flag across it. It's up on my LinkedIn page. You'll see it. Okay. And I send it on to you. It's a fantastic sign. Do you uh, think that hospital staff should be allowed to park anywhere in the city free of charge? Do you know what? I said this to somebody. I worked in the menswear business, as you know, and I said this to uh, two people in the menswear business. If I was working in the menswear trade today, right, do you know what I would do? I'd have a card with a 25% discount for every member of staff in the Mercy and Cork University. Okay. Why, why, do, why, why wouldn't you offer that discount? Why wouldn't you offer that discount card to Gardaí, to paramedics, to um, ambulance Correct. personnel? You, you could, uh, if I was in the men's trade, I would be stretching it to all of those. Why, would you offer, why, would you give to, why wouldn't you give 20, 25% off to home help workers who are paid pittance? And go into families' well, homes. See, what, what, what I see is, see, I, I live right alongside the hospital, and I see every day. I see them. If you saw what I saw every day over the last two and a half years. I know I accept that, more, but I'm just not gone on the idea of a consultant you, you or a surgeon parking for free on city accept, streets. You know, a lot of people accept things in life, and they take people for granted, right? right? Yeah. One of my big mistakes in my working career was when somebody did a bad job, I criticized it. But you know one thing I didn't do, and I regret it always, when people did a good job, always 
say thank you Good and man. well done. Good and man. what I am doing, what I have done with right. that sign, what I have done with that sign, I want you, Neil Prendival, next weekend when you're out on your bike to come out and get a photograph and put it up. The politicians didn't know. Maybe you might do. I'd gl- uh, gladly stand in for a photograph with you. Just set it up and I'll cycle out. Not a bother. Sign. Yeah, all right. It's, it's a great sign. And the reason I put it up was about a year ago. My brother passed away last February, uh, and the reason I put it up, I saw at first hand the work these people. Did. I got you. We covered I that. I, I got that. Stay in yeah. touch, Vincent. Listen, I really do appreciate your call. I just have other calls well, I here. I want to hear the reactions of, of the people of Cork to parking charges generally. Okay, let's go for that. Let's I do that. Let's do yeah, that. I abolish parking, char- parking charges. There's no other <laughs> that's just parking charges and hospitals are just abolish parking charges. Probably lead to an absolute and utter free-for-all. What are the charges at CUH anyway, by the hour or by the day or by the week? Kelly, good morning. Do you know? Um, well, my son's in Neo since February. We had him early. Oh, how's he doing? Oh, he's flying. He's, he's good, doing good. Thank you. Um, we're currently getting a discount rate because we're a long. He's a long-term stay. Um, How much do you pay for the week? So twenty-five euros for the week, and you could stay as long as you want, any day. Is it any day? We can come and go as many times a day as we want. And and I, as far as I know, for parents that don't have kids in Neo, it's thirty-five euro. Thirty-five euro flat fee for the week, as often as you wish. Yeah. Okay. Was it no, difficult? I, I don't think that's bad. Was it difficult to get that? No, you just have to, like, obviously you go to the security and yeah. explain to them. And uh, to be fair, they kind of know anyway. Yeah. I mean, you, when you, you're in that area. You don't think that for something as serious as that, where you're back and forth all of the time, that there should actually be no charge, do you? No, I, like, I agree with 25 euro. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not going to break the bank if you're going to be up 24-7 and it's a lot better than paying ridiculous amounts of fees or trying to find places where you can get clamped or ticketed or So what would the rate know? per hour be, do you know? Um or oh, I act, I'm not too sure with that now, but it's a it's a lot probably twenty five euro would be a lot cheaper than what you'd be paying per day, if you know what I mean. If you would it be three euro an hour, two euro I can find out. I just thought you might know. How does it work um, out? I'm just trying to think then myself. I think I was up there an hour and a half and I actually forgot my weekly ticket and it was like 5.40 or something like that, I think. 5.40 for an hour and a half. Do you know, so it's it's expensive enough if you had to do that a couple of times a day. <sighs> That's how they're able to make one and a quarter million a year. It's you no, know, but like, and to agree with him, there isn't many parking spaces up there. But as far as I know, the staff also have their own parking car park. Where's that? Um, I, as far as I know, there's one down by A&E. All right, okay. okay. No, I don't, I, I don't know if there's the other okay. one there. So for somebody that's visiting, there. there's somebody that's visiting quite often, sometimes on a daily basis, they can get a long-term stay at the CUH for €25 Euro a week. Well, that's, there's different, there's, as I said, there was different rates. Um, Neo is €25. Euro. The people in, say, the main CUMH is 35 and I, I can't tell you the rest of them. Okay, okay. Thank you so much for that. And uh, will your will your little baby be out soon? Uh, we're hoping now in the next two to three weeks, all going well. Just get him onto bottles now and we'll get him home. What 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 are the stages for a preemie baby? Is it they are they d- dependent on weight? Is it? Um, well, weight would be one thing, and then you have feeding, and there's other like if there was other issues, then you'd have to do all them. But 
thank God he's okay with all the other issues just feeding out for him. Good stuff. And soon he'll be home to the family, which will be great. To the madhouse. <laughs> to the madhouse. Bring it on. Thanks, Kelly. Cheers. Take thank care. Thank you. No bother. Back Bye. after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number 0818-104-106. Jerika, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, I was going to ask you how your weekend went, but not all that great after what happened Saturday morning, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you usually go down to the marina market for like something to eat or a coffee or what do you do? Quite, quite often. Yeah, yeah. Basically, we we go there every second weekend, I would say. So we, we are quite common guests there. Okay. And where do you usually park up? Um, it's uh, either on, on both of those sides next to the marina car park or um, in, in, in the area of the car park itself. So it depends. Okay. It depends. Because I'm told that the car park at the marina market gets very full and then there's a spillover onto the keys, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. The keys are also quite packed. Yeah. Jams. Yeah, I've, I've seen it myself. I've often cycled down there and they're all the way up the key, along the key wall, as far as the eye can see. What happened on what happened to you on Saturday morning then? Yeah, so basically as we parked, we, we went for some coffee and after maybe an hour, hour and a half, we, we came back and we could see that our car was clamped. So not only our car, but there were a couple of cars next to our car. Uh, but the, the case was that uh, we were not the only people who were parked there. So there were like 20 or even more cars in the same line. So on, on, the, on the opposite side. Yeah, there are times when I've seen uh, a good hundred or more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically, we, we were uh, quite surprised to, to see that only four or five cars, which were uh, in the middle, and, and ours were, was one of them, yeah. were clamped, while the other ones uh, on the left and the right, they were not clamped. Yeah, and you sent and me you, yeah, you sent me a video of all of the cars, and was it four, maybe five clamped? That's correct. And, yeah, why, yeah. Why, and, and the video is. Why do you think the others weren't? Uh, basically, the, the employee who came uh, to remove the clamp after we paid the fine, it's, it's 125 euros, just for the record, yeah. uh, he, he came to remove the clamp, and all the people gathered around to ask, you know, why why did it happen only to us? And he said that his colleague who, who was doing the morning shift uh, uh, basically had only four or five of those clamps. So obviously he randomly picked which cars to clamp. So, you know, I, I don't know what. Well, why pick on your car and the other ones around you? Was it that he deemed it that you were there, he or she, I don't know, deemed that you were there first or something? I, I would say uh, because we were in the middle, so that, that's some kind of I don't know some, some kind of uh, tactics, you know, to, to clamp the middle, a uh, um, couple of middle cars, and and the other ones were were not because basically there were uh, you know more than ten cars I would say at that point, e- even more. So I, I really have no idea okay. what kind of logic. Okay. Okay. Was there any was there any talking to him when he came back? Did you try and say, listen, this isn't fair? There were lots of other cars. Uh, the, the the employee who came uh, basically he took over the the shift so the the guy who did it in the morning he he was off so we we couldn't do anything he, he like he, he can't just take it off without you paying no 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 you basically get the the, the fine and the ticket and uh, your uh, the license plates are on it so you, know, you can't do that much it's expensive isn't it 125 euro for a clamp that that's a lot, yeah. Hundred twenty five for for some coffee, as you can see, it's a very <laughs> it was a very one. expensive cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. What what did the other motorists who were clamped say? 
they were quite uh, uh, angry, I would say, and, and, and quite surprised because I, I've never seen that uh, done before, you know. So, because as you said, everything is, is quite full, uh, all, all those parking slots. Uh, so, you know, I, I really don't get the point why, why were they, you know, doing that all of a sudden. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, yeah. And why were cars clamped randomly like that so do we so do we know then that the port of cork um retained the services of uh, a clamping company is that it that's correct yeah that yeah. there was a clamping company and and they explained that they are they're doing that for port of cork yeah. so all of that parking week in week out day in day out on the keys is illegal then Basically, it turns out that I, I'm not sure about the other side. So, but the, the side next to the cranes or next to the seafront—that's yes. yeah. basically yeah. Uh, the illegal one. Yeah. So, all of those cars, all of the time, are all parked illegally. How come that nobody goes down and gives them tickets, like that the guard doesn't call by and ticket all of the cars? Yeah, it, it, it's a mystery. We, we we couldn't find out why why it didn't. Like why it didn't happen before, or when did it start? We we, we had no idea. I mean, okay. the signs are very small; you, you can't really see them. You know, so I didn't know. I didn't know that it was illegal to park there. I thought it might have been a little dangerous to park there, particularly with children. Would you think? Yeah, could be. Could be. Yeah, it's it's a little bit kind of. Uh, not not the best position, but you you don't have that much choice. You know, okay. So. Yeah. Well, if it's full, it's full in the official car park. So this is the spillover up the keys. I'd love to hear from other people to see if they've been clamped down there, to see if they've got a parking fine, to see if it was a traffic warden, to see if the guards called by there. You know, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I would love you know the other people to to come up and, and speak about this as well because uh, it, you know it's it's a very unpleasant surprise and I, I suppose all of us would love to see our money refunded as I, I don't see the point you know in in this kind of random clamping. Well, does does that mean, Jurika, that you're going to appeal it? Absolutely, I appealed already, and I will push it as as far as I can go. So, would you stay in touch it's, and it's, let me know how you get on with the appeal? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, you like the Marina Market's a fantastic place. It's a wonderful, wonderful place to go and visit, spend some time, eat, have a drink, do a bit of shopping. Will you be going back there again? I will, but I'll be more careful where to park and uh, depending what, what's going on. But definitely I'll be more careful and, and, and you know, park somewhere else. OK, so we <laughs> can officially put Jerica into the Guinness Book of Records with the world's most expensive Americano or cappuccino or flat white <laughs> yeah. at 125 yeah, euro yeah. a cup. Oh, God. As well as a couple of other people, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know what? It's a lot of money to have to come by, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. Oh, you know, you need to pay it or uh, basically, you know, who, who knows what can happen next? I know. You need to pay it and then wait for, for uh, I know. someone. To, very, to a tough break. Yeah. Very unfair that your car was picked and the other few as well. And the others got away scot-free. Let me know how the appeal goes. OK. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stay in touch. Neil. Thanks, Jurika. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye. Got in touch with the Port of Cork after that conversation uh, to ask them for a response. Uh, as of yet, nothing back. Uh, as soon as I get something back from the Port of Cork, I'll put it to air. But right now, um, I can't see you. I can't really just can't see Jurika winning an appeal there. There are signs up there. Some are saying that the signs are way too small for anybody to see them. But you need to know that if you park up on Kennedy Key, 
and head into the marina market or anywhere else for that matter, you are liable to a 125 euro clamp, uh, which also leads me to believe that that's private property, that the keys of Cork are not accessible to the public in any way, shape or form. They're private and if they're private, they must be owned by the Port of Cork for reasons best known to themselves. They have to bring in the services of APCOA uh, to randomly put clamps on cars. They go around in vans and I suppose they'd never have enough clamps to clamp all of the cars that park down uh, on Kennedy Quay when they head into the marina market. And many people, unbeknownst to them, go into the marina market not knowing that they're running the risk of a clamp. Would it? I mean, if you even had to do something like this, and I'm not suggesting that it should be done at all, but would a fine be fairer than a clamp? I mean, a clamp is is it's well over the top, really, your car being clamped. You know, you also have to hang around and wait for a clamper to come and unlock it and take it off. Never mind the fact that it's €125. Euro. Anyway, when I get a response, <coughs> I probably will, and it probably will be along the lines of that it's a danger to park on it, that the keys are open to the water, etc., etc. But just be aware of it. Perhaps you've been clamped yourself. Do let us know. Text 0868104106. On the CUH parking, uh, where they make one and a quarter million a year, you can park in any of the public car parks in the CUH at a rate of €2.70 per hour, up to a maximum daily charge of 15 There is a reduced daily charge of €10 Euro available to patients, carers and visitors by contacting a member of the security department in person or calling 4922118. You might want to be aware of that. So it's two seventy an hour to a maximum daily charge of €15. Euro. I assume that those numbers are still accurate, that they haven't gone up. They certainly won't have come down anyway, that's for sure. Elaine, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for holding. I won't keep you long. You used to use the car park in the CUH. Was this some time ago? In CUMH, I used to use the car park. So it's gone up. Yeah, there's a shocking line, so just move around a little bit. You use the car park in the CUMH. I charged my phone out, so that's very very (laughs) shocking. All right, okay. So the the CUMH car park different to the other one, the regular one, the big one? Yeah, well, we park sometimes if we couldn't get parking in the underground, we'd get parking in the regular car park. Yes, <clears throat> I learned something new every day. There's even an underground car park at the CUH, is there? There's an underground car park for CUMH. All right, okay. So what were the charges yeah. and what are they now? I don't know what the charges are now on CUMH, but it was 150 And it was around the same price in the main hospital okay. car park. Okay, that's so you... So, you you're probably not aware it's gone from... Yeah, so it's gone up from so 150 jump, yeah. to 270. 270. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and whose car was parked up there? Clearly not yours. I mean, you were having a baby. No, my husband's car. All right, okay. And do you think that was a lot of money? Quick to 150. Well, the fact that... Yeah, but 270 is a serious amount of money. It is. Hour. Yeah, okay. Nice one. Okay, thanks for that. Not a great phone line, but thank you. Cheers for that. Keep those texts and calls coming. Text 0868 104 106 to 270NR. Isha says, on the subject of parking, why are judges allowed to park on the street? Why are judges allowed to park outside the courthouse on Washington Street? Why are judges allowed to have their cars protected by the guardie? I saw a blind woman with a stick uh, trying to get around a Dublin Ridge judge's car. Are they more important than her, I'm wondering? Thank you for that text. Food for thought there. Text 0868104106. I'm a registered nurse, did work in the CUH and had no problem paying for parking there. I worked in Philadelphia at a Methodist hospital and we also paid for parking there. Why not? Healthcare professionals are not gods, just people who care for others and choose careers doing it. 
And that's the perspective from a registered nurse. Parking in the CUH was 270 an hour last Friday. I paid five euro forty for an hour and four minutes. See what I mean? It isn't even broken down into fifteen minute blocks. You stay there for an hour and four minutes, you're charged five euro forty for the pleasure. And going into a hospital in the first place is not a pleasurable experience, neither for somebody who's a patient or indeed a visitor. And then one or two more texts. It's a v- and taxis. It's a very small percentage of the time that taxis operate. So you'll see taxis available on ranks practically all week. The taxi industry is well regulated and that needs to continue. To stop Uber from causing chaos, taxi drivers have got two price increases in nine years. Taxi drivers are struggling because of the increased cost in that time, not to mention fuel charges at the moment. Another problem that taxi drivers working in the city have is the number of taxi spaces being constantly blocked by commercial, private cars, and in the past year now, a drastic increase of Just Eat and Uber food delivery delivery cars blocking taxi spaces. It's a nightmare. The city wardens do their best to uphold the law, but unfortunately most of the Gardaí turn a blind eye to all of this. This means at times that taxi drivers are unable to park to get a fare. The worst day of the week for this is a Sunday, would you believe? A Sunday. Be very interesting if you could get someone to do a survey on illegally parked vehicles on taxi ranks. Okay, let's do that survey. And what would the best day of the week to do it? Sunday, I guess. Let's make that happen. Uh, Just wondering why yourself and the mainstream media seem to be infatuated with bringing restrictions back into this nanny state. Masking up fit, healthy people is completely pointless. Our health service is a complete shambles and has been for as long as I can remember. It's about time you, Neil, started tackling the government about this, about the delay in all serious operations because of our incompetent, circus-like HSE. Instead of you harping on needlessly about bringing back restrictions that have caused endless mental issues, while thousands have gone with undiagnosed serious health issues, please would you ever stop encouraging this madness? Well... Let's see if other people think that I'm doing that, encouraging the madness and the return to masking up. Whether it's a good thing to do or not, text 0868104106. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818104106. If you're going to charge somebody 125 euro to, to get a clamp taken off their car, say on Kennedy Key, you really should be putting up huge big signs telling people, don't park here, you're going to get a clamp rather than hiding them or small signs. I think if there were enough signs everywhere, nobody with their right mind would park up then and a lot of people have been caught just unaware. So I mention it just to make you aware. Um, talking about being fine, how about winning something and getting money for nothing like 15 grand's worth? We have a great competition running at the moment in association with Best Menswear, Michelle the Jewelers and Cinderella's Closet. It's happening every day right across the day. It's 15 grand and it's broken down as follows. You get five grand to get suited and booted thanks to Best Menswear. Five grand. Another five grand for the finest wedding dress from Cinderella's Closet and the final five grand to spend on the jewellery of your dreams at Michelle the Jewellers. Now that will go a long way. Imagine five grand say for instance as a man talking to be spent in best menswear. The clobber there is just unreal. So it's 15 grand in total. How can you win it? Well let's say you are getting married, right? Um, You will have a first dance. The first dance that you and your bride or your groom, your husband or wife will go out to dance to. Um, I want to know what that song is. So you need to get on to the Red FM website, www.redfm.ie, 
and pick your first dance song. There's loads of them up there, right? So you pick your first dance song from the list that's there. That's all you do. Then you just stay listening to Cork's Red FM because every day on different shows, we're playing those songs. And if you hear the song that you picked, be fast on the phone on 0818-104-106 and the first caller will be one step closer to winning the 15,000 euro worth of glitz and glamour. It's as simple as that. It's Cork Red FM's first dance with Michelle the Jewellers celebrating 60 years of being there for you. So it's broken down into three bunches of 5K, Best Menswear, Cinderella's Closet, and the good people of Michelle Jewellers. And I will be playing another one of those first dance songs around about 10 minutes to midday today. So make sure you're listening for that. On our recent topics of racist abuse, primarily this was on school buses, incidentally. Um, you read out a text yesterday, and it's so true. It's never mentioned when we, the Irish, are being racially harassed. Coloured boys and girls walking behind another group, shouting and slagging them off. It goes both ways, and it shouldn't be tolerated by either. I've seen it outside secondary schools, groups racially slagging each other off. And then, of course, what happens next? The fights break out. It's all nationalities are engaged in this, white, black and all others. Love the show, says Susan. Thank you for that. There's a lot more then on uh, issues involving Ukraine. Uh, and refugees, which I'll come back to after 11. But I, I love when people come back and say thank you or listen, a thumbs up. And the Monster Motorcycle Club apparently had a fantastic weekend um, of uh, motorcycling uh, on uh, Ver- in Vernon Mount of the weekend. They had the weather on their side as well. And they said, just to say thank you for the shout out about the racing in Vernon Mount of the weekend. Um, you're a great cork man. Thank you for that. It's much appreciated from all of us at the Monster Motorcycle Club. But I'm glad that the shout out made all the difference and the weekend well went so well for you. We're back after 11. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national, and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench. That's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. Okay, I bet some have to apologize. I did get a response from the Port of Cork, but it must have got lost in junk from yesterday or lots of other texts. But we eventually found it because they came back and said, no, we did send a response. My apologies to Fusion PR and to the Port of Cork. They did come back. We were asking them, what, what's the story with clamping people who are parking up on Kennedy Key and what have you, 125 euro to go in for a cup of coffee or a bit of food. So they say the Port of Cork is a very busy operational port with commercial ships cranes, HGV traffic and other equipment in use 24-7. In the interest of the safety of the general public and the people working in and around the port, public parking on the commercial keys in the city is prohibitive at all times. There are a number of prominent signs in place advising members of the public that parking is prohibited and that clamping will take place on any cars parked illegally. Safety is always our top priority and in the interest of this, we would advise visitors to the port to park in designated street parking areas or the many car parks available throughout the city. So that's the response from the Port of Cork. I get that. I understand all of that. They don't mention anything about safety, though, or how dangerous the key is. I thought they would have. I'm not so sure that, it's the, that it is the very busy operational port with commercial ships and cranes and HGV traffic in use 24-7 anymore. I mean, it used to be like that a long, long time ago. But at least you now know. And they say that um, that uh, but it, uh, clamping will take place on any cars parked illegally. Certainly the experience, say for instance, of um, uh, our chap who was on the air with me before, 
11 this morning was that some cars were clamped. They only had five clamps in the back of the van. And apparently those clamps in that van came from Mallow, I'm told. Um, but, you know, there's a bit of a lottery with regards to who and who doesn't get clamped down there. But you have been warned, so bear that in mind. Okay, text 0868104106. I'll jump back into other texts and emails throughout the course of the morning. But I just want to deal with this because I hear tell that steaming towards the port of Passage West, Passage West is a Russian cargo ship. Um, it's called the Mihanik Yatsev. It's a general cargo ship and it's scheduled to dock here on the 2nd of April. What day of the week is that? It's only a few days away. Uh, according to VesselFinder.com, the ship is currently sailing under the flag of Russia. Um, heard about this yesterday. We were wondering whether or not Russian ships should be allowed to dock at all in Irish ports. Big response to that, but straight to the phone lines we go, or at least I would in a minute. Sorry. Well, Tracy certainly isn't online too. Check that out. Um, anyway, Russian cargo ship coming into Passage West. John says, no, we sent aid to the Ukraine to help them and then let the aggressors shipping into our ports. Surely this is nothing but double standards. Tracy, good morning. Hi, good morning. So what do you make of it? A Russian cargo ship uh, docking at Passage West on Saturday at midday. Well, I don't feel it should be allowed. I, I think that the, the people on the ship should be given any food and water, anything that they need um, for their own safety and good health. But as regards allowing the, a ship of a country which is almost on the edge of genocide would be so wrong. You can't always sit on the fence. Well, I don't even think they're on the edge of genocide. The Russian army are engaged in genocide and war crimes, without a doubt there. Yes. Yeah. Well, what if they're delivering product or goods that we've, that we've paid for already? As Gráinne suggests, she says if it contains goods bought and paid for, then of course they should be allowed to dock. Well, I think that's the end of the wedge, isn't it, really? I mean, the, the Ukrainian people have lost everything. They've been bombed out of it. They don't have any goods and things. How many things do we really need? And if we've paid for them, um, then possibly you get the money back um, because they weren't delivered or maybe the goods were insured. But, you know, how much are you going to say, oh, well, you know, that's going to well, that's going to inconvenience us and cost us a few bob? Or are you going to say, look, let's look at what's really happening here and the effect that it's having on people's lives? That there should be either a full trade embargo or none at all? Well, there should be a full trade embargo, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. Yeah, Paul says Ireland is not at war with anyone, so any boat or ship should be allowed into our ports to dock. We're neutral, he says. Yeah, we're not at war with anybody, but at the end of the day, you know, when you get somebody like this, um, how far is he prepared to go? And isn't it a little ignorant in today's society to say, well, you know, it doesn't affect us, so we'll, you know, of course, we'll let Ukrainian people in, but we won't support them so they might be able to stay and live their lives as they wanted to in their own country. Yeah, well, they haven't been able to do that. That's where they're coming here into other countries. Mind you, Ashling agrees with this. She says this ship under no circumstances should be allowed to dock at passage. Where is our solidarity with the Ukrainian people? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy that people are able to come here. And that's fantastic. But I, wouldn't it be better for people not to be put in that situation? And as they are, we need support to get it stopped as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is on Saturday at, uh, at midday. Um, do you think something should happen between now and then that maybe they should be turned away when they enter Irish waters, that the Navy should meet them or what? 
I think it would be a good idea for the Navy to meet them, but I also am aware that they may need supplies themselves as individuals, you know, as staff on that boat, on that ship. Okay. And they certainly should be granted that. I mean, it's, that would be inhumane just to turn them away with nothing. I'd love to know what they're actually coming here for, whether they're collecting or dropping or or what. Maybe it's both. It's a big, big ship. It's nearly two and a half thousand tonnes of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me get some more um, texts and calls. That's so, it, thanks. Appreciate it, thanks for your call. Uh, Megan says, yes, because the Russian civilians have no say in what Putin does, just like Ukraine doesn't have a say in what Zelensky does either. It's between both of them. Leave it that way. Respect the Russian people as much as the Ukrainian people. Let the ship dock. John says, yes, it should be allowed to dock. Ordinary sailors have no say in what Putin says or does. Anyway, aren't we neutral? Somebody else, Cindy, says, if American warplanes can refuel in Shannon, then I see no issue with a cargo ship delivering goods that have been bought and paid for from Russia. The people are delivering cargo. They are not dropping bombs. John says, as a neutral country, our neutrality is not for sale. If we have an existing agreement with Russia about their ships entering our ports, then we have to honour that existing agreement. Well, you got to wonder whether Simon Coveney at some stage should come out and said, no Russian ships are allowed to dock in Irish ports. No Russian aircraft are allowed to fly in Irish airspace. And indeed, no Russian companies are allowed to do any business with Ireland, neutral or not. Uh, Gillian says they should because uh, there's food and supplies that are essential. Ireland is neutral. Most of the texts actually are talking about our neutrality, interestingly. These people are normal people trying to work, nothing more. Did Bush get sanctions? Did Tony Blair get jail? No. So why is this any different? People forget that NATO killed millions of people worldwide. We have very short memories. The only thing that should be happening is peace talks in Ukraine, not American planes filled with weapons going from Shannon, making things even worse. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106 to the phone lines. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you, All right. So is this to do with the Russian cargo ship bound for passage? It does indeed. I mean, this ship should be allowed to come in because, again, has should be allowed to come in. It should because a lot of your texts now are saying it should. We're supposed to be neutral countries. So if we're neutral, why would we stop a Russian ship coming in if we're neutral? No, the fact of our neutrality... A lot of, your, a lot of Russian people, unfortunately, are supporting the Russian invasion and the killing of innocent civilians in Ukraine. That's why. I know, but you see, look, if we're supposed to be neutral and follow the letter of neutrality, we shouldn't be taking any sides. We should allow this ship to come in. If we're going to be allowed... As but we're not neutral, we're angry. Well, we can be angry away, but I mean, the thing is that we've been told by the like of Sam McCormick, we've been told by Mihan Martin, that we're, we're, we're uh, military neutral, but otherwise we're not. In other words, we're, we're angry, and we make sound bites, and we'll do this, whatever. Yes... Going right back, Neil, to the Vietnam War, uh, Shannon was being used as a base uh, for the Gora and to bomb the hell out of that country over there. Shannon's always used as a base for American It was used right through the Iraq War. How many men, women and children died by bombs that were dropped over there by by Americans? So if it was good enough for the Americans, then we should do business with Russian ships. Well, well, the thing is, like, I mean, unless Samuel Kovli and Veratka and and Michal Martin come out and say, we're completely neutral now, we're ending Shannon, the stopover for the United States Air Forces is gone, right? Then and only then we'd be neutral. When I hear that, 
then I will say, yeah, stop the ship coming and so on. But whether they're neutral or not, and if we're neutral, that ship should be welcome. Will the, do you think that any kind of dockers or equipment and passage will handle the goods, I wonder, as they've been taken off that ship? Well, I mean, that's up to the people down there. I suppose they're just conscientious objectors, and if they don't, if they refuse to handle it, well, that left to be handled by the people that oversee the dockers, like I mean, but possibly some of the, the people will work on it, right? As I said, look, whether the neutral or we're not, we're not supposed to be at war with anybody. We no, but we need we... to. We need to commit, really, don't we? We need to have the courage of our convictions. If we're bringing in refugees from a war-torn country, women and children to fled with the, with the clothes on their back. I mean, for instance, Russian sports... Um, st- Russian sports stars, for instance, playing tennis, are not allowed to play tennis under a Russian flag, and other and other codes as well are doing the same to Russian sports. Uh, you know, well, that brings another argument. I mean, do you bring sport and politics? Well, they have brought it front yeah. and center into yeah. it. So maybe yeah. we should yeah. maybe we should stand up and be counted as well, even though we're not. Well, in see, well if, if all neutrality has to be properly dealt with. And if the, if the question is put to the Irish people, it has to be done by referendum, right? And I think, to be honest with you, I think people would rather stay the way we are, even though it is totally hypocritical when you have Corby coming up making some bites and the rest of Martin and Veracal when they're facilitating the, the United States of America and have been for decades. Yeah, and also, didn't, wasn't there some talk as well recently about the um, Ukrainian president being somewhat critical of Ireland. Did I, did I read that somewhere where he said we weren't really doing as much yeah. as we could? That's that was right. Well, you see, at this stage now, like, I mean, Zelensky you know, was being held up as the poster by, but look, he's kind of standing back to a point and he's, look, allowing his people to be slaughtered. At some stage, this thing is going to be sorted out, Neil, right? Now we're going to end up in a situation like North Korea and South Korea, where Russia you now has done a land grab on uh, X amount, uh, I mean, of that area right in Ukraine, or else they're going to keep fighting and try and get the whole lot and take over everything, right? But at this stage, like, I mean, a man is making some rights now, which to me, I mean, he could have saved a lot of lives. He'd be on this avenue at the start. He's now saying that they might form, give some kind of a guarantee that they'd be neutral, and otherwise they'd never join NATO. That's, right. That's what it all was about in the first place. If he had given that undertaking to start, there would be thousands of lives today, and there would be millions not transporting, going from one side of the world to the other. Okay, it's an interesting perspective. Hold on there. Farouk, good morning. Hi. What do you think? What do you think about this ship that's uh, steaming under a Russian flag towards Passage West, derives on Saturday? Well, I think they should be uh, allowed to trade with uh, Ireland as like... That's the shocking phone line. Can you move around a little bit there? Uh, Is it better now? Not not particularly. Go ahead and see if it improves. I think they should allow to do trade with Ireland as like obviously the no, it's not, it's, not great, it's not great, Farouk. I'll come back to you in a few minutes' time, I promise you that. And thanks to John as well. See if you can get a better line. Did the, Another one here. Uh, Dave, if it's, not, if it's got goods on board that are already bought and paid for by the Irish, why shouldn't it be allowed to dock? The ship owner isn't in charge of Russia. Uh, morning, I remember as a boy seeing German U-boats being refuelled at Kinsale. That was a shameful period in our history. Wow, David, I'd love to chat with you a little bit more about that. Text me if you're up for a chat. Text 0868104106. Edwin says, yes, it should be allowed to dock. If we allow the American war machine to continue to operate out of Shannon, then Russia should get the same pass. ML says, we sell whiskey, pharmaceutical products, IT, financial services, aviation, metals and beef to Russia. Ireland is neutral 
ever since. Um, well, yeah, we do. I mean, there's a, an incredible list of things that we actually sell to Russia and an even longer list of things that we actually import from Russia. Um, is that any better? Maybe on line four and we'll see. Farouk. Hi, good morning, Neil. That's better. Go ahead. Make your point. Thank you. Yeah, I think should, uh, that ship should be allowed uh, to trade with Ireland as like obviously the government of Ireland uh, saying we are neutral. Yes, I was hearing someone we helping Ukraine with aid, but that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make uh, any like doesn't mean like we are with a war. Like if we going ahead with no trade with Russia, then people should stop making noise when there's a fuel prices go ahead. You know, then we should be ready for the fuel prices. Like everything will go right. Then people should say yes. That's our. Uh, kind of, but kind of non-committal though as a country, aren't we? Like we seem to have a foot in both camps. Then don't we? Yeah, that's like we have to. We have to choose. If we say yes, go ahead. Like we're not going to trade anything with uh, with Russia, then we should be we should be ready for the everything. Every prices will go ahead, and every, everything will go high. Or either if we're trading with them, uh, not trading with uh, with trading with them, then sh- we shouldn't make a noise like oh we can't trade with them, but we also expecting from government that things will stay low. Like people also double minded, double standard, everything you know. And top of that, like. Same thing if if there's no sanctions for for um, Tony Blair or Obama or these people, then why sanctions for only Putin? You know, we should make everyone should be on the same same page. I mm, think so. Mm, mm. But like same- like I'm, I'm from Pakistan. We I know we had nothing to do with Afghanistan and America war, but we lost eighty thousand people between these two. Like we are yes or no, yes or no. Like I think Ireland also going to do same thing. Like. Are we part of it or are we not part of it? Yeah. We have yeah. to choose one side. You can't be on two boats. Yeah, we, but on the one know? hand, you can take in many, many thousand refugees from Ukraine. But, and the only reason you're taking them in from Ukraine is because the, Russian, as in, the Russians are engar- engaged in genocide, but at the same time do, do trade with their ships, docking in Irish ports. It's kind of bizarre, well, isn't it? it? Yeah, like they should either like, you know, I see sometimes people criticizing government. Oh, like a few 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 weeks ago, you had a minister of petroleum, uh, petroleum prices going high. Then other side, like people are criticizing, like why government not doing anything for the Ukrainian. Like you need to understand one thing. If you go for the war, everything will affect so then people should understand, fine, we are going for it. We're not going to criticize government. Like, everything will go high. Everyone need to understand. Mm. It's not like you're going for war as well. Obviously, lots of petroleum stuff coming from Russia. Mm. Then we should be ready and keep quiet and say, yes, this is our decision to go for it. Mm. Like, it's not like one side we're criticizing all ministers or oh, petroleum prices going high. And no, I, no, I understand that. You're you saying know. that, look, if, if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Don't whinge about fuel exactly increases. Exactly, like, understand. you know. Yeah, I understand. But, uh, you know, I'm just curious as to whether or not we should be in a position where we do absolutely no trade whatsoever with Russia. Uh, mind you, that would have a huge impact on the economy, wouldn't it? Because we import. Yeah, exactly. That will happen. Like, you know, we, need, we have to accept everything then. Okay, okay, thank you for that. Appreciate it, Farouk. Just one or two more texts. There are 80 wars going on around the globe at present. 80. America and the UK involved in most, and we seem to be okay uh, wherever they bomb. But then because our media are consuming the same garbage that's in the US and UK media, we're just supposed to take sides, like Russia's the one doing more harm than the US and the UK. 20 plus million Russians died in World War II. America and the UK, not even a million. 
but yet they get to kill even more than that since World War Two. It's them making us not neutral anymore, not Russia. If they can sanction the Russians, uh, and particularly the oligarchs, why are they not doing the same to the elite here who've destroyed this country and run and overrun half of it and still do? Vimbar says, let the ship come to Cork, unload the cargo, then block it leaving. One or two more. Philip says, no, get them out of here. They were out in the sea a few months back telling us they want to do missile testing. They were in their, they, they were in their backside and they were scoping out the place and anyone who believes differently should have, the, has their heads stuck in the sand. Putin will not stop. He's ready to take on the West. Anything to do with Russia should be removed simple as or stopped. Uh, he's also meant to be terminally ill with bowel cancer. So there's an old saying, a dying man has nothing to lose. Fact. Our darkest hours are now here. And on Ukraine itself, uh, I texted your program last week about the very issue of non-Ukrainians coming here as part of our refugee acceptance. We need to be screening people coming here to ensure they have a valid claim to refugee status. Us Irish are very naive when it comes to accepting people seeking sanctuary says Sean by text to 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Not everybody's happy. Here's another good one for you, Neil. UK families taking in Ukrainian refugees will get a payment of £350 for 12 months from the UK government, regardless of how many people they take in. The UK is checking the identity of all Ukrainians who want to go to the UK. Ireland is checking no one's IDs and people taking Ukrainian refugees, even though there's no government payment. Uh, point being that there is a payment in the UK and there isn't here. Perhaps you saw the evacuation buses, Neil, that arrived at the Polish border. The only men that got off buses with the women and children were non-Ukrainian nationals. The Ukraine was good enough to give them asylum, but got not good enough to fight for. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868. 104, 106. Just back to some topics that we dealt with earlier on this morning and amongst them had to do with the CUAs. Just ahead of your call there, if you don't mind, this came in a couple of days ago and it had to do with, um, you know, the bonuses that were paid to healthcare staff, the thousand euro. I'd like to let you know about a situation in the hospital I work in. All of the staff have received a 100 euro bonus in the form of a one-for-all gift voucher in thanks for recognition of all their hard work and dedication during the pandemic. Now, I'm just stopping there wondering if that's correct. Is it a €100 euro bonus you got or was it a €1,000? Uh, anyway, back to it. Uh, well, everyone got it except for the contract cleaners. The entire hospital staff have received the bonus except for the very people responsible for keeping the COVID at bay. You see, they aren't HSE employees. But they have been working week in, week out, all through this pandemic, alongside the medical personnel, often in difficult situations, wearing so many layers of protective clothing that they resemble astronauts. They are the very personification of frontline workers. But now, not only are they the least paid of all the staff, and not only are they the least appreciated of anyone working there, now they're totally forgotten and taken completely for granted, overlooked and ignored. The HSE and the hospital must not think very highly of them, nor appreciate the effort and hard work it takes to scrub entire wards from top to bottom every single day. I don't know whose decision this was to exclude non-HSE staff from this recognition. Whoever is responsible should hang their heads in shame. It's not about the money, Neil. It's about the recognition. Anyway, I hope you get to read this out. Please don't give out my details as to why 
uh, during COVID, the contract cleaners um, who went in every single day to do their work, which was very vital work, life-saving work, did not receive the bonus. Now, the email, emailer says a hundred euro bonus. I think that's more likely to be a typo. I believe it was a thousand. Text 0868104106 if you find yourself in that situation. Anna, good morning. Hi, Neil. Now, How are you? Good. And thank you for holding. I know you've been there a while. We're back on to um, hospital car park charges, yeah? Yeah. Okay. And your thoughts on that? You think that they shouldn't be abolished? Um, no, absolutely not. Um, I think if the um, hospital car park is owned by the hospital and and it's a revenue stream for the hospital, um, absolutely, I think um, there should be charges. Uh, yeah, but, uh, somebody was charged five euro and forty cent for one hour and four minutes. Yeah, so my thoughts on that is that maybe there should be a tiered system or maybe the rate per hour should be closer to the normal going rate in the city car parks. Um, and um, obviously there is allowances for weekly and day passes. Um, so I think that is um, there is already some sort of fairness. Now the hourly rate probably is, is a bit high. Um, it's what, 270 an hour? I think it is 270. Okay, yeah, yeah. So if you're, that's why she paid 5 euro and 40 cent for an hour and four minutes. Yeah, it, it is. I think maybe it should be tiered um, or maybe it should be a portion of an hour. Um, but at the same time, Neil, we, um, we've, I've been in the hospital last August and um, I had a beautiful baby boy and we had to go back for, uh, to Neo for outpatient um, appointments. Mm-hmm. And um, in probably in the two weeks, we paid maybe €100. Euro. Um, I think um, for people who can and if the money does go to the hospital, now if, it, if the hospital carpet ground, grants are owned by some other company independent to the hospital? No, they're not. No, it's all part of the HSE. HSE is a big property owner. I don't know whether you know that or not. They're massive property owners. I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware. So you have no issue at all with paying a hundred euro to bring your baby into Neo and park up for the privilege? You know, Neil, I think if you can, I would say I, we were there probably every second, third day. And um, now that also includes um, my husband was in the car park for a few hours waiting um, for a go ahead. Um, I was I was admitted. I would say I don't think it's to me it's money well spent. At the same time, I know somebody might not be in a position. Um, may, I don't want to go into issue, uh, you know, of maybe giving um, cards for um, medical card holders. I, it's a completely, a completely different yeah, story yeah, altogether. Yeah, but yeah. I think we spend so much money on baby gear and sometimes gear that we don't need, and we, uh, it's in thousands. And I think hundred euro to a hospital. I think for me, it's like paying it to a charity, whether I pay. Ah, no, no, it's not Anna. Charity. They no, they waste. They waste that money. That money will not be like much of the money in the HSC is wasted money. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't equate it to a charity. That money will go to no good. It really won't. I don't know. It goes into into a, a healthcare setting. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's you can argue is is HSE badly managed or uh, is all the money mis uh, mis misspent? Um, 
you could argue that as well. Yeah, I don't think it'd be much of an argument. I think the answer to all of that would be yes. Is the HSC mismanaged? Is money wasted? Yes and yes. Does some of it go to a, a good cause and it's spent well? Um, if you, if, uh, do you know, I've spent two nights in CMH and I've, I seriously couldn't fault it. It was absolutely uh, fantastic. Mm. The staff were great mm. and where did uh, how was that funded i know it's obviously the people there it's not only a profession it's a vocation mm. but it was uh, funded by the hse by the end of the day mm. and and so it should be and your experience always should be a good experience in there unfortunately it isn't always that way particularly going through a and e i don't think anybody's having a pop at the staff and those working there they're understaffed and overworked but as as but as an organisation, it's a failed, broken system. You know, it really is. You know, I'm delighted that it worked so well for you. But there's a million people who would say differently on waiting lists. And I do. I I am aware of it. My experience obviously is a good one. But um, at the same time, you know, it's 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 a funding stream for the hospital. Okay. And okay. And you're happy to pay it. Okay. I, I was personally, and if I wa- if I was in the position to, I would probably feel completely different. But I think how would you know that one point two million was all of it was all of it wasted? I don't know. And how otherwise would the hospital get that? Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for your text. Appreciate you coming on air. Delighted that everything worked out so well. Thank you, Anna. Meanwhile, Hannah. Good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Am I hearing a little newborn there? Uh, no, she's not newborn anymore. Uh, <laughs> we actually been on air with you before. This is Mila. She's 18 months now. Right. Uh, I was just texting to tell you guys that we paid over a thousand euro for a year that she was in the CUH, you know. You paid a thousand euro in parking? Over. Yes, over a thousand euro. How much over a thousand do you think? I, 25 euro a week, about 1300, I think. You, you paid 1300 even when you got a special rate? Yes. Wow, you must have spent a lot of time at the hospital. We're there for the whole year and we're there every day to see her and stay with her. And the two cars going in and out as well. So, oh, That's a lot of money. Were you happy to pay 1,300 euro? How are you thinking that myself now? But like, it was least of our worries at the time. When I, we try to keep her alive more than worry about a parking charge. Yeah, like, I know, you know, I know, I know. And how sick was Mila? Uh, well, I came out here before to, she had a neuro disability, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, she was, she was in ICU before, uh, when she was born, she went straight into neonatal and then she transferred to CUH then. Yeah. She, she have life limited conditions and things like that. She's doing much better though. Yeah. She's at home now. Yeah. But at the time it was bad, you know. But is she thriving now, getting better and better every day? She is, yeah, yeah. And then we were transferred from um, to Dublin in the ambulance. Uh, like her care was kind of between two hospitals. Uh, in Dublin, the charge is actually lower in the uh, Kremlin Hospital. The CUH is the, has the highest parking fees and yeah, also makes parking, the most money. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the main problem is if you find parking at all. Because you could come in and there's no parking at all. Like, you know, you'd be waiting, you know. How do you wait in there for parking? Waiting for somebody to move out, is it? 
yeah, <laughs> tag in, tag out system, you know. You just queue there, you know. And this was could, this was normal for you, day after day after day. Yeah, and that was during COVID when a lot of wards were closed. I can only imagine when everything's fully running, there'd be no parking at all. Yeah, so who was parking up when the hospital was closed to visitors? Uh, some wards were open, and I, I imagine yeah. a lot of people like us, you know, a maternity hospital was open. Yeah. But again, like, there's limited people allowed to visit, so... Car price actually not as full as usual as usually it will be like you know thirteen hundred uh, euro and happy to pay it. Well, we didn't think about it, you know. We just pay it. Well, I'm hoping to get my tax some kind of expense back, you know. I doubt it. You know. I doubt it. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's, you know what, Neil? It's bottom of our worries. I like, know. Is money is money gone? You know, so be it. You know, I know. And I know, we, I know. we don't we don't mind paying parking, but probably could be reduced. All right, you know. I'm delighted that Mila is home with the family anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. Take know. care, Hannah. Thanks. Thanks, Neil. Bye. Bye. Calling Red FM Studio? Call the new number. 0818 uh, yeah. You're the damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I did see a text yesterday, which I don't have to hand, where a fella stayed in for like two and a half years and went out to the pub at the weekend and stayed in his own little group and went through everything and ended up getting COVID and is now as flat in his back in bed and he's saying, for God's sake, would you get people to wear masks? <laughs> I'm damned if I mention that on the air, but Patricia and Douglas says, hope all is well. Uh, much loved and trusted authority in Cork. It's interesting you say that. Not everybody would agree with it, but thank you. For this reason, I'm asking you to do one thing for me, please. Get it out there to your listeners to go back to wearing masks. I've had all my vaccines. I also had a ball over the past few days, particularly over the long St. Patrick's festivities. However, I am now paying the price for it as I got a positive test result the other day. I'm pretty sick, but I know I would be an awful lot worse if I hadn't taken all of the vaccines, so I'm grateful for that. It's simple. Wear a mask no matter what anyone else says. Don't be lulled at this time into a false sense of security. I've learned the hard way. Stay safe and thanks for a great show, says Patricia from Douglas saying, if I do nothing else, get it out there to get people to going back wearing masks. Uh, keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Just time for one, I'd say, at this stage. Let's see what Deirdre has to say. Deirdre, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm well. Now, your daughter is a wheelchair user. Okay. Yeah, pick up on that. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so, my daughter is a wheelchair user, and we would use the CUH fairly regularly, going in now to the heart clinic, or, you know, going into Puffin, or going into Ladybird. When oh, she does she do mind me asking? She's actually five now. Okay. Um, she has cerebral palsy and lots of other medical complex uh, medical right. needs. Yeah. Um, but we would use the hospital fairly often, and on numerous occasions, if the, there's only four disabled parking spots right outside the main entrance of the COH, and when they're gone, we actually have to go up into the public parking area where there is disabled parking spots. Five, so and those five spaces. They're not for set-down, are they? They're for long-term... No, no, they're for long-term um, disabled parking. There's four right outside the main hospital doors. Okay. Is that a and good idea that they're not set-down, do you think? Well, to be honest, um, first of all, where they're, where they're situated is very awkward because there's like a little mini roundabout where people just come in and drop people off and try to turn around and it's awkward trying to get the wheelchair in and out of the car. It's a bit awkward where they're situated. Um, but to be honest, if the situation they were laid out a little bit differently and if there was more it would be actually 100 times better because Okay, so clearly five is not enough. Well, there's only four actually four. outside Sorry. the main hospital and then five. there's one 
there's one over by the orthodontist um, urinary, urine clinic there. So some people park over there. Um, but on numerous occasions, I had to go up into the main car park of the hospital. And even though I pay for my blue badge for my daughter yearly, which is 20 euro yearly, I have to pay for using the public car park, even though my child is disabled and there's only four parking spots. I know, I know, I know. You know, which is a bit of a disgrace, to be quite, to be quite honest. Now, there was one time I did go into the hospital and I said to the security guard, look, you know, my child is in a wheelchair. I'm parked up on the the public car park. What can I do? So he said, look, I'll, I'll wave you out, which was very nice out of him. But you don't get people like that all the time, you know. So if you went into the public car park there at the CUH, yeah. for instance, uh, and <laughs> put up your blue badge, would you be, yeah. Would what would happen? I still have to pay, even though I am a blue badge user. You know, regardless of whether you're a blue badge user or not, you still have to pay in the public. So with four spaces outside the front of the CUH entrance for disability parking, the the person who parks up there can stay there with a disability badge on it all day, can they? Leave the car there all day. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me for people being able to get in and out of the hospital with wheelchairs. Would you not think it should be a drop and then move it to... Well, possibly if the, the layout, first of all, should probably be better because I said that main entrance is used for... All types of people going in and out of the hospital, elderly people, you know, being dropped off. Yeah, you would think they would have more than four. A lot of patients going in there would be incapacitated. Yeah, and there is lots of children that use the Seahorse Clinic going in for, you know, day day events where they have to go in to get procedures done, where they have to use their wheelchair going in and out of the hospital. I'm not just saying children, but there's adults that use disabled parking spots but I just don't think there's enough in general and talk to me a little bit before we finish up talk to me a little bit about around the city and the suburbs with regards to availability for people Um, with disabilities to be honest there was um, down Academy Street um, before the whole lockdown and before the whole um, the whole people got their premises made outside there was lots of parking facilities down Academy Street there downside Cockbull downside H&M but now they all seem to have been blocked up. And some people, when they were putting their premises outdoors, we say down Princess Street, some of the wheelchair spaces were actually being taken over by their outside areas. Gotcha, yeah. Was, and that, that's you know, probably remained the same, has it? Yeah, which is very annoying for us as a family with a child that's in a wheelchair, trying to push the child in on the wheelchair, in and around town. You know, there's not many stable parking spots. The same outside upper lane, there's four outside upper lane, which isn't enough. Do you ever find so, do you find ever find able bodied people using disability spots? Um sometimes you would. Yeah, sometimes you would. Sometimes look, you know, you get very angry. You see, I suppose you can't clap my child is okay, she's a wheelchair user, but then there's plenty of other people that have a disability unknown to me that they may need a disability badge. So I can't so, oh God, they're getting out of the wee, I'm getting out of the car here and they're able to walk and there's nothing wrong with them and they're using it for the safety using it. Yes, but how, how come do, they would be able to use do. a disability spot if because they're able to get they're out of the car? Putting, because they're probably using somebody else's badge. That, that old crack is still going on, is it? Yeah. Using the, using yeah. the mammy or the daddy's yeah. badge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the lowest of the low, isn't it? And it is like when you're in stuck in traffic trying to find a parking spot to take your child to get her vaccination or when you're trying to You'd take You'd literally see in. somebody hopping out of a car with a yeah. thrown up a blue badge. Yeah. I have on numerous occasions stopped people and said, look, you know, where's your disability badge? And they basically turn their head and walk away. You know, it's very, very annoying. It's very maddening. 
you know, as a parent that has a child that has a disability, that is a wheelchair use. That is a wheelchair user every single day of the week. I'd love to you get know, more. I'd love to get more stories and opinions from people on this as to how wheelchair accessible. And to be quite honest, I'd say your phone will be happening. And, and also, how much is how much is how much is the blue badge being abused by so people? Blue, oh well, I'd have mine up in my car every single day. It's in my car, it's on my window every single day. I have a picture of my child on the back of it, but on the front of it, there's no picture of my child. So, like, you can put that on your window, facing out without the picture. So, therefore, they don't know who's. I saw, I saw last year, I won't say where, when or how, but I did see a member of the public and she put a blue badge up on her car in a spot, uh, got out, went to the back, unloaded box after box after Mm -hmm. box out of the boot of the car and ferried it in and out to some business, um, you know, boxes and boxes (laughs) out of the boot um, and got back in and drove off. I couldn't understand. And that's very maddening for somebody that is, a blue badge user that has a child that has severe disability you know it's just totally wrong in my eyes look you know we're only going through this for the last five years I've never known of a blue badge I've never known of you know anybody know. in my family nor did you ever wish it yeah I know yeah. no no I wouldn't have wished it and I wouldn't wish it on anybody else but it just is not enough advocacy for disabled badges disabled blue spots around the city there's not enough parking facilities like, it's just maddening, to be quite honest. Okay, you know, okay. you go into a public parking spot, you park in a parking disabled badge zone, and you still have to pay. The same if you go into Paul Street, you park in a disabled parking spot, you still have to pay coming out. You know? What's the point in having a Wait a second. You mean the only place that you can park in is in a public space outdoors, is it? So if I park in, we say, yes, so if I park in Paul Street Shopping Centre in a stable parking spot, I still have to pay to get my ticket to get my car out. Okay, okay. You know, what's the point in having a stable parking spot in a car park when I'm paying for a blue badge, even though I'm not getting the service, only out in public areas where I can't even find... I know what you're saying. No, you've made the points very well. Okay, let me see if there's other people have an issue with this. Uh, Be interesting to see. I'm sure there will be, Neil. Believe you me, I'm sure there will be. So we need to look at how it's abused, how, you know, how accessible it is, how accessible our streets are. I mean, how how do you find... I mean, there's an awful lot of work has been done on our streets and footpaths that have been very Um, wheelchair-friendly. But there is, Neil, but you know, you still have some people that are parking up on footpaths. You still find some of the streets aren't very surface-wise, aren't great. Um, yeah, know, I know, I know, about, the, I know about the, the footpath parking thing because people with buggies complain about that as well. I understand. Yeah, and you know, we yeah. try to avoid the city as much as we can. We try to do shopping centres where we can, like, you know, we say the likes of Ballincollig or Blackpool Shopping Centre where you don't have to pay. There's no barrier to let you in and let you out. Gotcha. You yeah, know, yeah, so okay, therefore, okay. like, if you go into the likes of the Grand Parade inside the town or if you go into Paltry Shopping Centre into Roach stores or multi-story in Merchant Street, you have to pay to go in to use their service, but yet you're a blue badge user and you're paying for that as it is. Let's get some more calls, texts and comments on this topic of conversation. Thank you so much, Deirdre. Take care. No worries. Thanks, Neil. What's it like out there as a user or indeed as an abuser? Text to 0868104106. Just how difficult it is to be somebody in a wheelchair in our city and our spaces. Love to hear from you. You can also email neil at redfm.ie. But now, last bit of business. This is 15,000 euros worth. If this is your Red FM first dance song, call us to be one step closer to winning the ultimate 15K wedding prize on 0818-104-106. 
Kira singing. Kira. Hiya, how are you? Sing it, girl. Love, love. Are you pretending not to hear me, are you? Oh, I am, I am. It Thank must be love. Were you a big Ska fan? Yeah, down to my dad. My dad was in the punk scene when he was younger, so I was brought up with all that type of music. Yeah, your dad has a lot of good taste. He was big into Madness, the specials, Bad Manners, The Cure, The Beat. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about that song. Is it your wedding song? Will it be your wedding song? What? We actually have it down. So it was between that and the Bring Me to Horizon song. And when I saw that uh, advertised, I was like, that's absolute fate. I was absolutely going to go for it. It's a perfect first wedding song. It really is. I think so. It's fantastic. I think it suits us very well. Absolutely. When's the big day? So we're hoping and aiming for July 2024. But we've set our hearts anyway to head off to Portugal. So we kind of have a place picked called the Lady of the Rock. So kind of he gets his beach, I get the cliff, an overview. It's going to be beautiful. And will you marry there and bring people out? Yeah, we're going to go make everyone have a nice old holiday and a trip out. COVID, Everyone can actually go out now and have some fun. Okay, so when was the engagement? So he did it on his birthday. He did it this year on January the 15th. I definitely was surprised. (laughs) Well, I'm kind of surprised. I'm surprised that you waited to ask him. Why didn't you him to ask you? Why didn't you ask him yourself? Oh, it was tempting, tempting. <laughs> <laughs> he got me good though. We went out. We went out for his birthday, and we came home there. And he had a I'm big animal lover, so he actually had the ring around the collar of my cat's neck. <laughs> so it took me some time to actually find it, and then next minute, you know, he's down in the need of the usual it's beautiful I wish I had more time listen you're one step closer to 15 grand oh well God, done for calling so, so you're into the next round 5 grand of it will be to dress him in best menswear 5 grand will be Cinderella's closet for your wedding dress and 5 grand on jewellery and Michelle the jewellers would you ever would oh you ever God. tell your dad he's got great musical taste for me oh will I will of course right. absolutely take care Kira. well done what's Thank your, you what's so your husband to be's name that is Jordan Horgan. Okay, Jordan and Kira, delighted for you. Take care. Perfect. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Okay, I'll tell you some more about this Red FM's first dance in the morning. But if you want, just go to redfm.ie and pick your first dance song. Um, you know, there's a lot of different songs to choose from. That's exactly what Kira did, and she heard it being played. So you can do the same right across the day. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.